Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 6 of Let's Go Blues Radio. My name is Kurt Price, and I'm here with my co-host, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder. Once again, we are live on Wednesday, October 24th, 2017. This is franchise episode number 109, all time. If you want to send us a tweet, send it to at LGB Radio, and we will read it live on the air. We've got a number of them to read. Uh, Folks have been uh, sending them to us today, so thank you for that. Um, If you would like to join us on the air, Go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the button to join the show when it is active shortly. Welcome, gentlemen. How was your weekend? Dandy? Fine? Yes? Subpar, maybe? Good? <laughs> Subpar. 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 <laughs> sounds exciting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it sounds exciting and echoey. Is it real? <laughs> Well, it was. I, I, I think he's. I think you flipped the right switch there. Finally. Yep. Good. Yeah. So no. The, I'm. I'm sure we'll get into it. But uh, yeah, the uh, staying up late to watch the game in Vegas and uh, only to have uh, have the shit show over time. Uh, you know, with the no calls, really. Yeah, set the tone for what a great weekend I had. Yeah. Uh, similar for me. Um, we. Uh, we had a big day on Saturday. Went to Home Depot. <laughs> um, no, we, uh, we, we, you know, uh, for those who know, we just moved in to a new place, so we did a little bit of that during the day, uh, not too crazy. And then we went to the Pumpkin Patch and got home. I was excited, Blues, Vegas, and uh, then I realized Saturday nights are usually the nights the lady likes to do something just the two of us uh, after the kid goes to bed. So. She was unaware there was a Blues game that night, so I kind of ruined her evening. Um, and then my evening was ruined with the overtime. So, oh, all's awful imagine, that ends awful. I was going to say, I imagine that made Sunday suck that much more. Pretty much, yeah. Thank you, uh, NHL refs, and um, you know, thank you, Vegas, for upsetting my wife. <laughs> Play your games at 5.30. Nine, you know, at nine thirty. Uh, that is West Coast time zone, is it not over there, or is it? Yeah, yeah, no, there. Yeah. So I mean, it's still late. I mean, come on, player games at seven, local time, seven o'clock. Nice. I am wondering about. I mean, I know that that Vegas is a very busy city, especially on the weekends. But is traffic really that bad to where they have to start a half hour later, like the uh, California teams? It's not a huge town. I mean, the, there's no, there's, I mean, Las Vegas, I've never been there, but Las Vegas uh, is a, is a very small, not, I mean, it's, it's just a little, it's nothing outside of the town. Basically it's a little, I guess some subdivisions, but it's, it's not that big of an area. It's not like Las Vegas, or, uh, Los Angeles. 
Yeah, I, you know, if any, I'm interested. If anybody's listening that um, was at the game and, and kind of gets an idea of parking or the shuttle services offered, uh, we'd love to have you join us later in the show and tell us about it. Because I, I didn't, I didn't think about that until right now. That's surprising that uh, they've been starting all their games at 7:30. Kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, East Coast is 10 10:30. You can watch that game, so that's even that's even worse. I, I, I mean, I'm, people are, I mean. Hell, uh, my cousin would be in bed for an hour already on the East Coast because he goes to bed at 9.30. He's an old man now. What a hoser. Uh, my Saturday consisted of uh, taking my dog to the groomer, which is not an overly interesting story, um, except for the fact that uh, the folks there did a fantastic job. So I want to give a shout, shout out to the uh, Whisker Bones people uh, in Edwardsville, in downtown Edwardsville. They were fantastic. Nice people, did a good job. And the uh, the prices were good, so uh, kudos to you guys. Thank Whisker you. Bones, correct? Whisker Bones, yeah. They do grooming and they do uh, they sell pet toys and treats and all kinds of pet stuff. And uh, yeah, they're they're good people. Well, if Whisker Bones would like to sponsor Let's Go Blues Radio, you can contact us at feedback at no <laughs> radio at letsgoblues.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm gonna get it right one of these times. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Whisker Bones. Uh, anytime I'm down uh, Main Street, uh, I, Edwardsville, I stop in, get the uh, pups a few treats, and yeah, they they absolutely love them. I was I out your way. Their, I was gonna say I haven't tried their grooming services, but uh, may have to now. For you or for the dog? For me, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're professionals. Uh, so Kurt says. I have. Uh, I was actually out your way two times this weekend, and by out your way, I mean in Illinois. I know Illinois is a big state. It, it is quite big. There's uh, a whole lot of nothing though up until until you get north. Really, it's pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I was in uh, uh, what Millstat Saturday night at Eckert's, and then uh, Sunday I was in Lebanon for a uh, a hockey game out at the McKendry Metroplex or whatever it's called. Which, uh, that, yeah, that's all of uh, 15 minutes from our respective abodes. Ah, well, there that you go. Very close. And uh, yeah, I, I just how, your place. How is the facility there? You know, it's it's actually one of the best services I think I've ever played on. Uh, I I would say Scott Trade Ice was obviously really nice. Um, the Ice Zone's usually pretty good. Kirkwood's great. Uh, but yeah, I will say McKendry is right up there with those. Um, the ice was clean. The lighting is fantastic. It's it's like an NHL rink. Um, so yeah, that was nice. I mean, no puck shadow problems, anything like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's. A, I mean, it's a great facility for someone like me who lives in Kirkwood. It's a, about a forty-five to fifty-minute drive. Um, so that kind of is a stinker. But in terms of the facility itself, if you can say playing hockey for that like that is worth the drive. I'd say it's probably worth the drive. Don't forget to check out our shop. Let's go blues.com for shirts, t-shirts or for uh, shirts, mugs and stickers and whatnots. Uh, the uh, Ponda tournament is coming up. We're inching closer to it. Mr. Jeff. Yes. Uh, so we actually, I, this has not been posted yet. So breaking news, breaking news. Uh, we have had a player drop and actually one of the captains as well. Uh, so we are one player short for the tournament on November 18th. So if you play roller or if you've never played roller, 
uh, we'd love to have you. We had someone do that last year. Uh, never played before in his life. And uh, you know what? I, I will say this and be honest. He was not the worst player out there. So you never know. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to sign up, um, go to dropinstl.com. Look for the link on the right side of the page that says uh, 2017 SPCM Tournament. Drop to the bottom of that page, and there's a PayPal link. Uh, put in uh, your email address, pay PayPal, and automatically deduct 5180, which is the tournament fee, and you're in. I will get an email and sign you up right away. So uh, if you're interested, we'd love to have you. Otherwise, November 18th, 2017, starts at 2 o'clock, uh, Midwest Sport Hockey at Queenie Park in Bolwyn. Um, Kurt and Bill have played. Uh, Kurt is uh, obviously, I think he played every year in the tournament. I have. Uh, Bill's played once. Um, we always have a great turnout. We have uh, raffle items. We've got hockey jerseys being raffled, uh, blues tickets, which we mentioned last week, plus a ton of gifts, ba- gift baskets that people have donated. So um, going to be a lot of fun. Come on out, have a beer, watch some bad hockey, and enjoy yourself. I'm, I'm putting this out now. And I also should mention, if anyone here is a referee and would like to be paid to ref this tournament, we are looking for two referees as of right now. So um, contact me at jponder94 at gmail.com if you are interested in being a referee for the tournament. Must be able to drop pucks. That's about reffing skill. Reffing uh, skill is, uh, well... Neither, neither, neither dropping the puck or reffing skill is required in the NHL. Why should you require it? That's a good point. If you can referee the Vegas Blues game, then you can referee for us. <laughs> Which we'll get into. Uh, the official beers of this episode, number 109. Uh, Bill, you want to start us off? Mm-hmm. I know you tweeted it out. Yes, I tweeted it out. Um, it's um, had a had a chance to stop in at Schlafly for dinner a few weeks ago at the tap room before the Pixies concert and had uh, a couple pumpkin stouts, and it was so damn good, I had to go back and pick up a growler. So I, I grabbed a growler tonight after work, uh, and yeah, enjoying it. It is such a good beer. Real men do drink pumpkin beer. Uh, and that is, thank you, because I enjoy the occasional pumpkin beer as well, and it drives me bonkers. A certain said group on Facebook is uh, rips on them, and I a uh, bunch of beer snobs. Anyway, uh, Ponder, what you got? First of all, I, I agree. Uh, O'Fallon pumpkin beer is some of the – I love that stuff. Um, they yeah, did a good job. The vanilla pumpkin, I think, is oh, this year's. Oh, it's so good. Yep. They, they have a whole variety pack. I think I got it at um, Friar Tuck uh, of, of different pumpkin beers they have sampled. So worth the buy. Uh, very good stuff. Um, but I tonight I have another one of my favorite beers. That's two weeks in a row. The Fantasyland IPA from uh, Urban Chestnut. Um, just a very good beer. Uh, obviously locally brewed. Um, it's kind of a light taste. Uh, it's multi a little bit. Not too heavy on the hops, which a lot of IPAs are. So uh, definitely recommend it. Um, it's a darker beer, but doesn't taste like it. Um, and it's just uh, just a wonderful taste. I haven't tried it with any food. Usually this is my sit back, kit back and relax beer. So I don't want to do any food flavoring. Let's say potato chips. It's great with potato chips. What doesn't pair well with 
potato chips. That's true. I do have a backup beer too. I've noticed that I've needed two beers for how long our episodes have been going. So uh, I got myself a little little treat, Angry Orchard. Um, wonderful hard cider for those of you who like the hard ciders. I like them every once in a while and uh, decided to give a shot to one tonight. I used to enjoy the hard ciders and I used to drink Hornsby, but uh, I kind of got burned out on that and I have not gone back since. It's been years. I like, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank, uh, Strongbow. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, have a, a recess in Edwardsville makes a good pumpkin beer, and I forgot the name of it, but I had it last year and it was quite good. And they also have a, a beer that mixes, I think it's their porter and their pumpkin, uh, and that's quite good too. Just just saying. Sounds yeah. good. Well, uh, uh, we'll have to go there. Um, I've, I've yet to be to the actual uh, uh, brewery. I've uh, had some of their stuff at uh, uh, the taco joint in downtown Edwardsville, but not uh, never been to actual the tap room that they have there. Is that uh, what's the name of the taco place? I forgot. Taqueria Z. Taqueria right. Z. That's good. Yeah, good yeah, it's very very good. Um, mine is a repeat from a few weeks ago. Um, I'm trying to clear up my fridge again. It was the uh, Maui Brewing Company Coconut Hiwa. So good, I'll have it again. So it's a robust dark ale with hand toasted coconut and hints of mocha. Oh, do it's you good. feel like you're sitting on a beach when you're drinking that? No, it's not that coconutty. Mm. It's just enough. It's good. Uh, today in blues history, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, uh, October twenty fourth, two thousand and eight. And this has got to be one of the most bluesy things to happen. <laughs> in blues history many legacy trips on carpet after sarah palin dropped ceremonial first puck prior to the st louis blues game on october 24th 2008 which i wanted to say this and i tweeted this out when i saw this when he tweeted it um and again if you don't follow the at stl blues history uh tweeter uh please do it's a good he's a good uh, a good follow a great great resource for blues information blues history uh, and he posts things every day, so it's uh, it's just interesting. Uh, but the the Sarah Palin thing, when at the time it happened, I'm like, whether you're Republican or Democrat, um, I know she was big news at the time, but she's she such a polarizing and controversial figure. <laughs> I wonder why they even had her on. Like, it'd be like, I wouldn't ask a, a I wouldn't think either uh, either political party they want to invite on the ice someone that's that's. You know, either you love them or hate them, kind of person. You know what I mean? That's just kind of weird to me. I was and and penguins and and do something like that and then completely ignore it, like you didn't even do it. I.e., the going to the uh, oh office, yeah, going to the White House. Right. <laughs> they 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 tweeted out, "We're going to the White House," and then you never hear a word about it again from the they entire go. from all of social go. media from them. Yeah, they went. <laughs> you, you never, the, the White House posted pictures, but the Penguins didn't. That's interesting. I, I, I was going to say, I forgot about that because they, they did say they were going, and that was it. Uh, that's interesting. I, uh, and telling, maybe. I think it's a little telling, yes. Um, I will say, too, that uh, with this, this moment, um, I remember when that happened, and people just damning Sarah Palin. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I mean, people, at first it was a joke, 
But then it was, oh my god, he's actually hurt. And oh man, people just damned her. That was funny. I, was, I mean, it was, I mean, obviously, well, you know, hockey players are, and hockey, I mean, I guess that uh, extends out to hockey fans, the superstitions. Uh, I think hockey players are probably the most superstitious of all athletes, um, traditionally. And uh, if that extends out to the fan base, then obviously, if, you know, Sarah Palin being there, being, being a, if Legacy had tripped over the carpet, if anybody else was there, like if there was some kid with leukemia that was dropping the puck or something, you know, something touching, the fans wouldn't be all over the the kid, you know, but uh, or the or the organization for having someone else out there. But because it was a political figure that was that was very polarizing, it was easy to do. Side moment before we get to the next thing. Did you see our latest tweet that came in uh, uh, from uh, Guy oh. or Gee Bensing? Yeah. Says, hey guys, listening from Honolulu was at the game in Vegas. Uh, Guy or Guy, correct me. Tell me which one you are. And uh, is he French or not? That's the question. That is the question. Is Bensing a French name? It could be. I don't think so. Not very. Not not very. Uh, But Guy or Guy, we will uh, be opening up the line um, to let you come on uh, in a little bit. So stay tuned. Um, Whatever device you have, I'm sure will work. Uh, we'll be posting the link soon and we will notify you. So we'd love to have you on and talk about it. And Hey, maybe you can do a little trivia shootout with us. Yeah. Uh, if I had trivia, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll, we'll do, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea you didn't have trivia. Well, I, I, I was going to, and I didn't, uh, didn't, uh, put it together, but I can, I can, I can whip something together real quick. See, I, I, could, I, I could do it too. We could just do, uh, old player numbers. Okay. Off the, just, yeah, we'll do trivia off the, off the, off, off the cuff. All right, I'll I'll do trivia this week. Kurt, okay. you can participate. Ooh. Ooh, wow. Okay. I'll uh, I'll I'll join in. All right, yeah. that'll work. It'll just be it'll be player number edition. Okay. Cool. God. Um, that's not my strong suit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, he said he was at the. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's guy. I'm like guy Bensing. I'm gonna guess guy Bensing. I'm gonna say it's probably. It is guy English, not French. So it's guy. Right. Okay. And he says, "I would love to chat with you guys. Good, good. That's awesome. We want to have you on. We'll uh, we'll put the we'll put the link out there uh, shortly here, and you can come on. We can chat. I'd like to talk to you about the Vegas too, and how. Yeah. The- oh, yeah. That's mostly what I want to talk to you about. Not not what your name is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, uh, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Uh, since our last show, the Blues have uh, gone two zero and one, rebounding from a two game skid in Florida." beating Chicago and Colorado, but losing in overtime to the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, who doesn't... Can I, can I just call the Golden Knights the Knights? Because I, I hate calling the Golden Knights. It's like... That's, that's what I think they were wanting when they named their team the Golden Knights. No, that's not. They they want the Golden Knights. That's And that's a... That's that, I, I don't... Because nowhere mm-hmm. on... Anywhere does it say... I mean, official uh, sports stats, sites, and things... Does it say knights? They say golden knights. That's because they can't yeah. say knights. Right. It's because they everything they wanted to do was copyright protected. You can't copyright. I know. I know. I know what happened. But you can't. That's bullshit. You can't copy knights. That's ridiculous. It's like copying uh, a warrior. You can't do that. Yeah. Well, it it was done. It, yeah. So they yeah they had issues yeah. with the uh, the London knights. They wanted to be the Black Knights, and that's uh, that's also some copies or some uh, other other teams 
have uh, ownership claims on it. So yeah, that's I know I know what happened and I know what they did, but it's wrong. It's right, and no, eventually, eventually, people are just going to call them the Vegas Knights. It's it's yes. going to happen. Everywhere you look, everywhere you look, it will say Golden Knights, but they want people to be saying, "Hey, let's go to the Knights game tonight." Hey, let's check out the Knights game on TV. That's what they want. You know what sounds stupid? The Knights game tonight. That sounds dumb. <laughs> it's so nitpicky. It's not. It's not stupid. But uh, I, I know what? Out of protest for the whole thing, I'm I'm gonna say Knights. I'm not saying Golden Knights anymore. <laughs> Just like I'm saying Happy Holidays on purpose this year. <laughs> oh God. Let's Same. let's save that one for another podcast. Yes. Hashtag shit disturber. <laughs> <laughs> I can say whatever the hell I want. Um. So in Chicago, uh, loved this game. Uh, this was, I mean, what turned out to be, uh, what ended up being, well, what initially was kind of a, started to be a blowout um, and a very one-sided game for most of the game. Uh, Chicago came back a little bit late, but the Blues put up a big win in Chicago. Uh, pretty much dominated the entire game, except for the final like 10 minutes or so when Chicago mounted a mini comeback. Uh, Blues route the Hawks 26 to 8 after two periods and dominated up and down the ice, which is always fun to see against Chicago. Uh, Schwartz scored in the first, then took a nasty spill into the boards, which initially, like everybody, thought, hands up in the air, what the hell? Was it Seabrook? That was uh, I think it was Seabrook. I think so. Um, that day I thought, oh, he tripped him up, gave him a shove, whatever. No, <laughs> Schwartz uh, kind of toe-picked it, lost his edge. Uh, and that was nasty. God, I was okay. I was, I was based on how fragile Schwartz has been in the past. I thought for sure he's got something. He left and ended up being okay. That was, that was good to see. Yeah, I think uh, collectively, uh, Blues Nation felt that way. You know, it it was you know, oh, here's the obligatory Schwartz October injury. Thankfully, it was just uh, looks like uh, like a little bit of a scrape on the face, and he's been right back to tearing it up. Yeah, I mean, he had a heck of a game. I, that first goal, uh, he was in the right spot at the right time. The the pass uh, that came in front, um, and he, I mean, he was wide open. I mean, I, I don't know if that was Seabrook or who it was who just left him wide open, but I mean, that's just a, a player that's, seeing that's a hole. Yeah, seeing a hole in coverage and just – and then have a, I mean, just a vision from Tarasenko. Yeah, no Turn kidding. and spin it to the net. I mean, that's, that's some grade-A hockey skill right there. And I think uh, in between periods, didn't uh, didn't somebody insinuate uh, on the commentary that uh, that it wasn't a pass? The baloney. Tarasenko saw him there. Oh, he knew. Yeah. I don't know if it was uh, Milbury or somebody hinted that he didn't think it was a pass, but I, I think it's wrong. Uh, Second goal. Let's let's go over that real quick. First of all, talk about great pass. Jake freaking Allen, looking like Martin <laughs> Brodeur, and then. I'm sorry. I get that Corey Crawford is is you got to make a decision, man. Yeah, like, yeah he, he got caught. Poke it. Then he was like, "Oh, wait a minute, nope." And you just got played by Jaden well, Schwartz. I'm, I'm sure Bill can tell you that as, as a goalie, <laughs> you when you you come out that far and and you're gonna commit to a poke check and you guess the wrong direction, <laughs> you're gonna yeah. 
Yeah. Well, if you're coming out that far, you shouldn't be committing to a poke check. Well, I guess when you came out that far and oh crap, I got a poke check. Oh crap. Wrong direction. I think part of it was that I think he thought maybe that play was going to be offside and he was hoping like, Oh, you know, they're, they're not going to touch it. I'll be able to come out and play it. Nope. Yeah. No, he, he got caught entirely in between. Uh, on a decision yeah that that was just yeah bad goaltending 101 right there that's the that's that in a nutshell is why Crawford is kind of um even though he's had fantastic numbers the past few years um he's got some cups under his belt uh that's kind of the reason in a nutshell why he's kind of given a bad uh not, not given the credit maybe yeah. that he would deserve otherwise because of plays like that that he makes a little too often Right. He's yeah. It's it. What keeps him from being a truly elite goaltender, you know, out of the, um, you know, the Martin Brodeur, Patrick Watt conversation and more into the Chris Osgood, Curtis Joseph conversation. Although Curtis Joseph, I think was elite for several years, just never won a cup. I think this should be a good test for Crawford with the way Chicago's defense uh, is. Um, He's going to get a lot more, He's going to be tested more this year, I think. So we'll I, we'll see how his numbers are. I'd say overall, I think he's played fairly well given the situation. Yeah. He had a game where I think he made like forty-two saves or something earlier in the year. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's done well enough. But uh, I mean, plays like that, especially with how close the game was, you just cannot do that. It was awful. So I wanted to get your, uh, your first guys- of all before before we get into that. Yeah. Brodziak, two on one with Vladimir Tarasenko. How <laughs> much money would you put on him shooting? I, I, I'm, I that's a dumb bet. I, why would you do that? I, I mean, but I mean, in his, in his, I mean, okay, in his mind, okay, if I'm not going to pass this, I have to score. I really do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he, he tucked it upper corner. He couldn't have put it much in a be- much better spot. That was a great shot. That was a goal yeah. scorer's goal. It was. Him off and just buried it. Beautiful job. Yep. I, as I said on Twitter, if he shoots and misses, I'd be asking, okay, when do we trade Brodziak? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So the, the Hawks' second goal was scored by Ryan Hartman that they reviewed for goaltender interference. The Blues did. And uh, which in the end uh, had the refs calling it a good goal. So, Contact was made. Uh, it was determined that, I guess, Brodziak uh, pushed Hartman and Allen, so the goal stood. They called the goal good on the ice, and the Blues asked to review it for a goal interference, and uh, it was way- determined to not be goal interference. Your guys' take on that play and how you felt about that decision? Well, I... Okay, so when I saw the play, I said... Definitely goalie interference. Then I saw the replay, and I said, definitely goalie interference. Then I saw the third, fourth, fifth replay. Definitely goalie interference. Uh, you guys might see it differently. Um, I mean, I, I I will say that the more replays I saw, the more I said, okay, I could see how they could overturn this. He was shoved in. Um, uh, you know, and, and he there, – there was a certain element of him getting pushed into the net. But my problem with it is he made zero attempt to either back back off Allen or avoid the hit. Now, I will say, again, he was hit. Brodziak shoved him into the net. 
that's where I, I see the referee's point. But I feel like there was no attempt by him to get out of the balance way. And that is my biggest problem with that goal. Yeah. I guess the counterpoint to that is his momentum was still heading towards Allen because of the shove by Brodziak. So, I mean, was he trying to get his bearings for, you know, for a half second, whatever it was? I don't know. I, I was ultimately okay with it. You know, of course, you know, the, the Homer blues fan in me absolutely wanted that to be turned over, but you know, I think it's, it, it was, you know, a, a toss up at best. And, you know, even though I am a goalie and, you know, be arguing that, yeah, it's goaltender interference just because he, he hit a goalie. Now I, it's 50, 50 to me. Here's, I, I, I tweeted this out at the time uh, when it was going on that uh, I thought it uh, was not goaltender interference only because no, he did not make an effort to get out of the way, but to counter that and we can fight about it if you want uh, that I don't think there was any time. It was too bang, bang, too close. By the time he, uh, he's going towards the net, gets pushed for him for to expect him to be able to then make an effort to get out of the way is, uh, is asking an awful lot in a bang, bang, quick, uh, situation where I personally don't think he had time to, to make an effort to get out of the way. Now, on top of that, I don't think Allen's making a save anyway, even if there's no interference whatsoever. I don't, I think it was a, a shot that he had no chance at, even though I don't think that really factors in too much to, uh, the decision-making, uh, whether, an, uh, a puck, uh, or the play is goaltender interference or not. But, uh, I, it, I, Allen's not making that save anyhow. So I, I think the goal, in that respect, I think it should have, should have stood on its own, its own merits, even though that's not the way they would ever call it. But I think, you know, as a Blues fan, I'm thinking, well, Allen's not making the save anyway. I'm fine with the goal. Well, okay, so we're going to get into something in the next game, and Blues fans obviously know all about – NHL fans know all about the next thing we're going to talk about in the next game. But um, – and I know we say this every week, at least I do. This is why I hate, hate the coach's challenge. Because if the ref, either way, when the referee makes the call on the ice, like if this was two, three years ago, and the referee calls it either way, that's goal interference or that's not goal interference. I'm going to throw my hands up if they score, but I'll say, well, it was his discretion. What he saw, it wasn't goal interference. Fine. That sucks, but fine. But instead, you get all these different looks and you get all this, you know, is it a goal? Is it not a goal? Should it be a goal? Should it be goal interference? What is it? Should he get a penalty? Whatever it is, you're getting all that now because of the coach's challenge. You're making the game way more scrutinized by these stupid coaches' challenges. Just either don't have challenges or replays or anything like that at all, like how it was 20 years ago, or I've said this before, make it a time limit. To where the, the the Toronto comes down and says, "Hey, we review everything five seconds leading up to the goal and up to the goal. Like we're going to review that time, and if anything illegal happens in that play, we reserve the right to call the goal off." That is, the, in my opinion, that's the only way to get rid of this gray area. And what they're doing now, it just it's not working for me. So the Blues uh, went on to win this game, and uh, was it uh, five to two? So it's uh, it 
very nice game for St. Louis, except for the the finish, uh, which has been kind of a disturbing trend, which is last season too, uh, allowing uh, late third period goals. So, um, but uh, I think with Chicago, I was expecting them to put a push forward in the third period anyway. At some point, um, that's just what they've always done. Uh, so the 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 goals they scored did not surprise me. But uh, anyway, uh, you can't complain about a. Two and a half period dominating performance by the Blues over the Hawks. I think. Yeah, I think you know from the overall season narrative perspective, you know, coming off that you know that tail end of that road trip where they really didn't play well at all in Florida, I wasn't expecting a whole lot, and you know to have that kind of dominating at least two periods against the Hawks, like you said, absolutely uh, encouraging. Uh, to the, the prospects for you know a, a long-term success successful run for the Blues this season. Blues fans sure stepped off the ledge, huh? <laughs> yeah. My goodness! All of a sudden, it was oh, this team's for real. Love 20, it. Love the momentum swings. Twenty-six to eight. The shots. That, that's when's the last time you saw that against Chicago? Twenty-six to eight. Chicago did not look good in that game. No, they no. came back, obviously, and played well in the third, but, man, yeah. they looked bad in those they first few periods. They looked terrible, and their defense looked awful. Uh, the, Blues looked were, the Blues were were, were catching – were sneaking behind the defense all night long. Um, and it was I, – I was uh, – and you just don't – you're not used to – it was kind of surprising, shocking. You're not used to seeing uh, that from a team that's been so good for so long. Chicago just making mental mistakes. Uh, the turnovers in their own end was just their their playing their own zone was just sloppy. It was terrible. Um, lots of turnovers. So it was uh, it was uh, fun <laughs> to watch. I was I was giddy. Yeah, it, it, I was I was amazed by their defense as well. We mentioned both of the the uh, with the goalie in the net, Jaden Schwartz goals. Those aren't goals you see scored against Chicago last year two years ago no and uh it's we we did talk about this before the season started that the blackhawks defense was going to be suspect this year and i mean they have a very good record they're right behind us in the standings it's not like they're they're playing terrible at all by any means but um based on what we saw in our game with them uh if that trend continues with them they're they have issues uh, in their own end I do see them at some point, at least maybe at the trade deadline, going at uh, going to the Vegas Golden Knights and trying to get one of their twenty-eight defensemen. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, you know they the, have to. You, you, you can't enter are, the playoffs with that defense. They you, they can't they can't do that, and they also can't uh, not make a move to get better, especially if defense is going to be a liability at the trade deadline after their comments after they got ousted by Nashville last year. Yeah, uh, this would not stand, and they won't. Uh, you know the how the carpet really brings the room together, but they they'll do something. They won't. They won't just stand pat with their defense the way it is. Uh, they're they're going to make a move because they. I mean, they, unless they're just going to be all talking no show, which I doubt. Yeah. Uh, once they got uh, Hosa's salary off the books, yeah, that they're they're definitely going to make a move at some point this year. Just a good point. How far do they go? Did you guys see the the pictures tweeted to us from Guy? I did. The Hawaii Blues fan. Yeah, he uh, he has a Blues jersey at Hawaii Blues fan, which um, that's his Twitter handle, and uh, he had a picture not, with Mike Yo. Yeah, that's not a that's not a that's not a, a plate nameplate. That's a that's sewn on the jersey. Yep, that's a coho jersey. It is. That is a coho jersey. 
Yep. Yeah. There you uh, and then also guy says, uh, too many fans want us to go 82 and 0 every year. I hope for 50 wins a year. I want to see the boys play hard each night. If we agree with you guys. Yeah. It'd be 100 and whatever points. 108, 9, 10 points, whatever. Um, so the game in Colorado, which really is a, is a great game to discuss. Uh, we won this one 4-3, to three, fueled by three goals in the seconds after going down 1-0 in the first. Uh, the Blues and Avs traded goals in the third, including a goal by uh, Colorado, where uh, – <laughs> Bertuzzo ended up taking out Hutton uh, with help of a slight push uh, that some would argue uh, and uh, slid about 15 feet out of the net and uh, Bertuzzo gets all tangled up with Hutton and uh, the Avalanche ended up scoring on the play on a wide open net that was vacant for seemingly forever Um, and to be honest it took him way too long to get the puck in the net after the net was empty but uh, yeah so let's talk about this the the uh the the goal that was scored um is that goal interference but because the blues challenged it because uh Bartuzza was pushed from behind by the eventual goal scorer by the way on that play so there was a there was a discussion about that so what what do you guys think about that was it was that interference was it going to was it how is that how do you I think that that the pushing the defenseman into the uh, goalie is could always be considered goal interference, but that particular play, talking about the the goal in the game before, we talked. You guys mentioned momentum from Hart, uh, Hartman with the hit from uh, Rodziak. Um, to me, this is the same thing. You know, if 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 you're going to call that goal the night before a goal, this one's a goal too. He he, yeah, there was a slight push at the end, but at the same time, I think part of it is. Just, kind of trying to brace himself. Um, and I feel like that was just a weird play that, that, that'll happen. And, uh, you know, once every blue moon where both players are driving in the same area and they both just crash into the goalie and it just looks worse than yeah. what it is for the avalanche player. I, I, I agree. I think, I think the contact uh, that was made on Bertuzzo was more incidental than anything. I don't think it was uh uh, anything blatant or intentional or, or really uh, it was, it was, I think it was subtle. I, I don't think it was anything uh, worthy of turning the, turning the goal over. And the uh, guy apparently it is in disagreement because he asked us uh, how was this one not interference? So, well, yeah. I guess we do our best to give our reasoning why we think it was not interference or, 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 if, or if Bill dis- disagrees. No, I'm I'm watching it again right now, and um, it's um, you know, that the initial contact with Bortuzzo is almost you know it's it's still in the the faceoff circle, and so I think it's just another case of uh, too much momentum going towards the goalie. Um, you know, I, I think it's too far out to say that he directed him, you know, to to the point where he took out the goalie. I think Bortuzzo just you know he doesn't he's watching the puck the entire time and it just you know leaves the the net wide open for como and como was the guy that that pushed him i mean towards the end you know when you get to the the angle with the uh, the replay where it's shown from behind the net it, it i mean it looks like 
Como's arm is out. But at that point, there's so much momentum in big boards. And he did, you know, he just, he stayed on top and couldn't get odd couldn't get off of out or off of Hutton. And yeah, I mean, no, I, I honestly, I don't think that, that, that was, uh, you know, interference. I think like much like the, the Hartman thing, there was too much momentum towards the goalie. It's not intentional. It should, the goal was rightfully allowed to stand. I think, uh, the, the I, I, I saw a little bit of contact after the initial contact of the face off that uh, circle. I saw contact uh, right, uh, almost the top of the crease, uh, like a like a hip. But it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. If it was intentional to kind of direct Bertuzzo more towards Hutton or to keep him going, uh, kudos on Como for doing that. But uh, I, I don't think it's enough to warrant calling a goal off because Bortuzzo was was probably going to bowl him over anyway. Uh, I, it was it was one of those things where he's not uh, he's not didn't seem like he was and. To be honest, and 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 the game in Las Vegas we're gonna talk about next, he uh, uh, took out Allen uh, in that game, so uh, he's got, he's got an issue with uh, his own goaltenders. Well, I'll I'll say on this goal too, for me a play like this, and we've we've been talking about momentum a lot with these two goals that have been scrutinized. Um, really, to me, the only way to really tell is to watch it in in regular motion, uh, not not slow motion. Um, just regular speed is what I meant to say. Uh, but, you know, you look at it and you watch the play kind of frame by frame. Yeah, Bill, I'm laughing too because I, I forgot how to talk for a second. Uh, you watch it frame by frame and you watch Como's reaction after Bortuzzo plows into Allen and he only, he has his hand like kind of on Bortuzzo's butt and you can tell it's just, he's bracing himself. And the minute he's able to like kind of regain himself, he kind of skates the other way. And, you know, I think if he's intentionally bumping Bortuzzo, he's on top of him for a little longer. He's probably got a stick in his back or even his hands around his head. Uh, at this play, you could tell he was just trying to get himself back open. And I don't think you do that if uh, you're trying to intentionally take out a defenseman. Guy Bensing uh, tweeted us a couple more. He said, except Hartman put his stick between Bortuzzo's legs. And uh, pushed him on top of Hutton. I think um, the stick between the legs I think he, thing. I think he meant uh, Como. Uh, right. Yeah, he did. Uh, that's what he meant, I guess. But uh, I think the stick between the legs was incidental. Uh, it wasn't uh, on purpose to trip him up or anything. It was just a, uh, you know, one of those things where he's uh, trying to get out of the way, battling for the puck, whatever. But uh, and the the push on top of Hutton, I didn't I didn't see a a, a push where it's intentional to direct him on top of Hutton. Bump, yeah, unintentional. Uh, just as far as like part of the continuation of the play, that's what I saw. But that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, I can I can get if uh, you know at first blush it it does you know it does look like uh, there's a second shove by Como, but it, it shouldn't have come to uh, Carter Hutton. You know, just being completely out of the play in the corner. Uh, I mean, that just yeah, <clears throat> I don't think that I don't think the bump or the shove or whatever you want to call it uh, by uh, Como was enough to warrant yeah. the interference. It just it just wasn't enough for me. Um, so everyone knows the famous GIF of Carlo Coliacovo yeah. sliding into the boards in his face right in front of the camera. Um, I think nothing will ever replace that. 
But I think this one's going to be a, a pretty funny second to see. You know, and as soon as it happened, I, I, you're watching him on top of Hutton and you're thinking the worst because they're so far out of the net and they're tangled up together and the puck's on, near the boards and the puck, it seemed like forever, like I said. And you're like, okay, we'll get back in the net because the puck is apparently not going to make it here for a while. And then Bertuzzo can't get off of Hutton. And I'm like, get your ass off the goalie. <laughs> Roll off him if you have to. What are you doing? Um, and then he finally gets off of him, and he falls down trying to get back to the front of the net. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like it was – I mean, I've used this phrase a few times a season for various things. Keystone Cops. That was just ridiculous. Uh, it, just, it was embarrassing. And if – it's a good thing that we're playing pretty well right now um, because if this team was 2-6-1 and one, and that play happened – It'd be like, oh my God. I think Bortuzzo gets sat. <laughs> Bortuzzo that? gets sat. He gets sat. If they're two, six, and one, or or one and seven, or whatever, I I think he gets sat uh, because you just can't let a play like that happen if you're on a losing streak. No, that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> so so I guess you know Bortuzzo, you know, to do the cliche thing, redeems himself. You know, he really, I, I still don't think it, it's redeeming himself, but he did score a goal. Great setup by Saboka, um, you know, yeah. f- when he scored his goal. Um, but let me ask if Jay Bomeister was ready tomorrow, do you sit Bortuzzo or do you sit Don? Bortuzzo. Bortuzzo. In a second. Yeah. I, I even, though, even though the Fox Sports Midwest guys were like triumphing his play this season, I, I, don't, I didn't see that at all. Um, yeah, it's not a question. I think Dunn's been Dunn's looked good. I I think Dunn's game has has really improved night after night. And the goal that he scored in Colorado, yeah. snipe off the goalpost and in. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that would be hey. good. We got a tweet from uh, Nate Spencer Mork uh, earlier today, uh, who wanted to talk about uh, Vince Dunn seems to be getting comfortable in the NHL. So that's uh, yeah. Agreed. Because yeah, his first couple yeah, games were like made a comment on the show. I was like, I was like, man, Dunn, I didn't notice him out there. I mean, I when I did notice him, he was making mistakes. And uh I'm like, man, he did not impress me. I mean, yes, first couple first game or two, I get it. But uh since then, I think he's been very, very very good. I mean, I confidence wise, it just seems like his confidence like uh switch went off and his confidence just like skyrocketed because he's he's just trying stuff now and he's just making plays. Yeah, I think there's a, a certain element of that that you know they, these guys come in the league and and they're kind of just trying to go through the motions and and you know be uh, be reliable and just say yeah I'm I'm gonna you know play the game the right way I'm gonna do it the way I know how to do it and and that way there's no chance that I mean yeah maybe I'll get sent down but I'm not gonna get benched I'm not gonna get in the coach's doghouse he did that I think for the first couple games of the season now we're looking at what he can actually do because you play like that. You don't make mistakes. You don't turn the puck over. You get that confidence, and you start playing the way that you know you can play. And he's playing like a man that has plenty of confidence in himself. And I love seeing that because he's skating the puck well. His shots are phenomenal. Uh, I, I was being—I haven't been to a game yet this year, but I was told that he was sniping bar every time in warmups uh, the last home game against the Blackhawks. I mean that. The kid's got a great shot, and he's not that bad defensively. I'm, I mean, I, I don't think this guy's going to be a top pairing guy, obviously, but if he can be providing this team points from the third pairing, 
That's yeah. gonna you you accompany that with what Pareko can do and what a couple of these other guys can do. You're more than making up for the points you're losing for Shattenkirk. Speaking of Pareko, uh, that was what I'm seeing from Dunn now. Kind of reminds me, not as far as skill level goes necessarily, but uh, with Pareko lat uh, Pareko's first season, it was really nice to see uh, him uh, taking chances and playing his game and and doing what he wanted to do on the ice and and and, and with confidence. So that was it was it was really nice instead of just going through the motions and and you know uh, up over in and just the the company line for what the game plan is to be creative on the ice and I I, I love that about Pareko and uh, it's nice to see uh, Dunn uh, kind of uh, put his spin on uh, on the, his play so that's instead of just trying to do like you said uh, what the team what the coach's plan is to just be mundane and boring and and not make mistakes but to uh, play your game. And uh, he's been good. And and to add to this too, I want to say that I I actually like Robert Bertuzzo. I'm not one of the people who want to. What was that old hashtag? Free Bertuzzo. Yeah, right. I'm not one of those people. I, I like Bertuzzo, but I think he's a great seventh defenseman. He's a you play against a bad team that's going to probably maybe send out some. I don't want to even say goons anymore, which we'll get to that term in a little bit. But. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, they might send out some rough and tough guys, maybe insert Bertuzzo in the lineup, and he can provide a little more power. Um, but I don't like him as an everyday player. He's not an 82-game defenseman, at least on this team, probably most teams um, in the uh, upper echelon of the league. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's serviceable. He does his job. Uh, it's just right now, if, if J-Bo comes back tomorrow, take a seat. Bortuzzo, you you filled in very fairly well for us, but uh, it's time to to ride the pine for a bit. Uh, guy sent us one more thing about the, uh, the Hutton and uh, Bortuzzo play. To me, the whole play never allowed Hutton to reset and make the play. The goalie has to uh, be allowed to reset. So I, I, think, I, I think our whole point is, or mine anyway, is that uh, it it's not on Como to me. That it was more on Bertuzzo on that play. So I mean, if yeah, I I mean, if if Como was the instigator in that and and uh, blatantly caused Bertuzzo to go into Hutton, then uh, then there's an issue. But I didn't see that. Agree. Uh, so um, the Avalanche appeared at first in the third period with the Blues leading, uh, with uh, what four something to go. Um. The uh, or the two something, two something to go, two minutes and something, two minutes and change. The Avalanche appeared to uh, tie the game, uh, but the Blues challenged the play as being offside, and they uh, they waved the goal off. He uh so, and th- there this has been a bit of a controversy, and there's been some heated discussions on Twitter about it. Uh, I, I I'm right in the middle of uh, that junk, but uh, with some Avs fans, which is kind of interesting. But uh, so, and here's the deal. Uh, the Avs on the play, they were offside, and uh, so. But and I'd love to get your guys' take on my spin on this. So, but uh, so the Avs were offside, but not on the actual scoring play. So it, for those of you, I mean, I'm sure you guys are familiar. The diehard fans are following this. Um, so the actual scoring play when they entered the zone uh, was not offside. So they were way offside before that, not even close. Offside by like two feet. So it's not a question that the call was missed by the linesman, that offside call. 
Uh, but the Avs then tagged up and then became onside, which is the key, and then re-entered the zone and scored a few seconds later, partly because the Blues had stopped skating. If you guys noticed, uh, uh, Edmondson stopped for a good three or four seconds and with his hand in the air was standing still. Um, and uh, <clears throat> and the Colorado kept playing, and they came into the zone, and Rantanen took a pass and one time to pass uh, Allen. But, or, uh, uh, Hutton, but Rantanen didn't really celebrate, and you could see him mouth to his teammates, we're offside, right? That's not going to count. So, uh, like, he knew it wasn't going to count. But, however, seemingly lost on everyone at the time, uh, me included, I didn't even notice it and think about it, was the fact that the scoring play was not offside. So, the play before it was. Then the Avs, you know, blah, 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 which I talked about. So, the actual offside play is not reviewable. Obviously, so the, the if if someone's offside on a scoring entry into the zone, then uh, that's a different story. So the officials messed it up in the ice. Toronto, the war room messed it up, and then NHL even sent out a message on Twitter saying that the goal should not have been allowed to stand and the play wasn't offside. However, in the end, and this is my take on it, in the end, the NHL is technically wrong because yes, based on just the entry into the zone and the scoring play, the goal should have counted. But if the entire play is taken into consideration and had been called by the book, the goal never even happens. So by the NHL saying that the goal should have stood, that's not entirely true because if the officials had done their job uh, and called the offside correctly, the goal never happens. So the goal probably shouldn't have counted and in the end didn't, but for a different reason. Now I, I agree. I, I, that's something I have said is I've said that, you know, that if, if the, the game is called by the book, 100% then that's not a goal because the play was offside. None of it that happened afterward is reviewable or even there are mistakes made. Anything. There are mistakes made all, and we can't say by the book all game long, but this, this particular play was bang, bang, but right so, at the same time. And it was so offside. So blatant. yes. And then by the way, how funny is it that the two most offside plays that when that goal by the book should have actually counted was both the avalanche because you had that Duchesne one a couple of years ago that really kind of led to the challenges. Uh, Bill, I don't know if you see my note there. You're muted, so keep that in mind. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I that's that's my biggest problem with this is is you look at it and you say what Bill what exactly what Kurt said that this play is offside. So the NHL got well the referees got the call right, but at the same time. That play is not reviewable. It's not a reviewable play. So really, by the book, um, <laughs> by the book, um, I, uh, it, it should have been a goal. And again, not to toot my own horn here, but this is why I believe all goals should just have a reviewable blanket by Toronto to say, hey, that play was offside 5, 10, 15 seconds, whatever, before the goal was scored. So we're going to call that goal back. That's why what I think would work for this league, if you're going to have review at all, uh, I think that works. The coach's challenges, as we can see, because at the end of the day, they got the call right, but it's an asterisk. It's not a right call. So it's it's there's, again, there's just too much gray area here and the way that the, the league is currently doing reviews and, and, and taking back goals, to me, it's just it's not working. 
disallowing the goal to me was just justice being served that the the offside call was missed before that i mean right before it it wasn't like two minutes earlier they missed a bad offside so they're kind of making up for it no it was the fact that the offside call wasn't made directly led to them scoring that goal even though the offside play that was actually when they're offside was not like you said reviewable but see the to play devil's advocate there Yes, I agree. That was blatant, should have been whistled. But if you're going to use that argument at the same time, you can say, well, there was a play five minutes before that goal was scored where they were way offside and they didn't call it. No. So should that count? No, because because my argument with this is this offside that wasn't called directly led to them scoring that goal, even though that offside call where they were offside is not reviewable. Um, because... The blues stop skating. Now that's not. Now that's on the blues. You don't stop skating until the whistle uh, happens. You don't. I you agree don't, with you that. Stop. Never stop. But in defense, it was so far offside. You can't blame the blues for stopping because Edmondson. If you watch the re- replay, he's standing still with his arm in the air, and that's his man who scored. Uh, so, and, and if Edmondson, if if the play is onside, and it's legal. And Edmondson's not stopping, and he's he's got the man who's uh, gets the one timer back door, and chances are that's not near as easy of a goal to score for him, and probably doesn't score. the The pass probably doesn't come through because Edmondson's in the way or or on the man. So, and but at the I same time, really I don't I don't think the NHL can take that into consideration. Like no, you no, said, the onus there is on the Blues. I, sure, no, I, I agree with you completely. I'm just saying that. Uh, Justice was served because of the fact that the blatant offside was not called, led to the Blues stopping, which any, I mean, almost a lot of players would do that because it's so offside, they're waiting for the whistle and it doesn't come. And so, and the goal was scored because of it. So it's all, it's all stems from the blatantly missed bad non offside call, uh, which should have been called. So if that had been called, the goal doesn't happen and there's no goal. And in the end, what happened is after the view, there is no goal. So in my mind, justice was served. The right thing happened in the end. So, Bill, what's your take? Um, I'm with you, fellas. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I I I get Kurt's point. You know, the that in the end, justice was served. But I'm sure the Avalanche fans, knowing that the rule was misapplied, so so obviously there were two rules you know, me, the, the compliance officer coming out here. Uh, so we've got the, uh, you've got two rules that were misapplied. The missed call, the missed offside, but then the goal itself, that play is not reviewable under the rules. And that's, that's the point of the NHL and their clarifying tweet. Um, I, you know, at the end of the day, because I'm a Blues fan, I'm happy, happy that it was, called uh you know called back but you know it i think i would have been i uh, this would have furthered my dislike of the offside challenge uh had the goal been allowed to stand i mean what's what's the point um you know i i'm i kind of like jeff's idea of having a window uh, to challenge like if something happens within 30 seconds 
of a goal being scored that is not, uh, you know, that is against the rules, uh, to quote Denny Lemieux, um, then, then the, the goal should be called back. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, you get a – it's happened a couple of years ago, you know, in the playoffs where you get a play that comes in. It's a, early on the power play. The team goes in offside. The call's missed. The puck gets – you know, it's complete domination by the, the team on the power play. They hold the puck for, you know, a minute and a half, completely dominate the play, wear down the other team, and score a goal. At that point, I think it's awful to overturn a goal because the defense had time to affect the play. And that's, that's you know, so maybe maybe there's some merit looking at uh, adding a, uh, a time frame uh, for reviewability. Um, and it doesn't have to be the play that directly leads to the scoring play. I don't know. Maybe that opens Pandora's box to, you know, well, what about the missed tripping call in the corner at the other end of the ice that happened 29 and a half seconds before the goal was scored? I don't know. I uh, I mean, I, on, on one hand, I, I like it. On the other hand, I don't because then it just it uh, would cause a lot more delays if you're reviewing 30 seconds um, of a film uh, multiple times. Uh, you're get, just, just to look at it, unless you watch it faster or if you're looking for a specific incident. Um, which I guess you would be. Uh, I, I I don't know. I I think that uh, I'm I, I'm I'm more in the camp of uh, leaning away from more challenges and more uh, reviews, uh, except for goals uh, pucks across the goal line, and uh, and uh, yeah, pucks across the goal line. And I can't. I mean, I don't like the offside challenges at all. Um, I think the pucks across the goal line will be the only ones I wouldn't review, to be honest, whether it's in or not, not whether there's an offside, which has opened up a Pandora's box of crap, this outside stuff, to be honest. Agreed. Um, so, and, and we talked about, and the Avs fans on, uh, <laughs> on Twitter, um, I had a discussions with a couple of them about this and, uh, they, they just didn't get it. They didn't get my, my point of view. Um, you know, that they wanted to ignore the blatant offside, uh, missed call. And just focus on the messed up review, which I mean, in the, in the defense, yes, I, you, as a fan, you you're you're upset about the the misuse of the replay, but uh, you know, you if you you can't really complain about that, you can't just ignore the fact that the offsides was missed. Oh yeah, well that's okay that the refs messed up the offside call. We don't care about that. What we care about is what the refs messed up the review, the replay. I'm like, well, you know, because one works against you and one works for you. That's that's what the problem is. You're being biased. I think so. So I, I think it's safe to say in this case, you know, the those abs fans uh, that uh, you interacted with were uh, were more interested in the letter of the law in the application at this point, uh, whereas you, you know you're you're more interested in the spirit of the law, well, justice yeah. being served. Well, yeah, and I, I think it's 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 it, to me as an if you're in my opinion, if you're an abs fan, I don't see how you can be really upset about the goal being waved off. I mean, really, because you were even a gift uh, by the non-offside call. It really that should have been called all day long, a hundred times out of a hundred. That should be called. That should never be missed. That was that, that was that for offside. Um, we're not talking the terror offside by an eyelash. We're talking two feet. So you really, I mean, that's okay. So, yeah, we got the gift. 
And because of that gift, we we end up scoring the goals and the goals shouldn't have counted. That's that's the way I look at it. And I, I think they're ignoring that gift and just focusing on the replay, which is kind of disingenuous. Are you saying uh, gift or gif? Yeah, gif. Gift. Ha. Are you ignoring the gift? Wait, oh, a gift? Okay. A gif? Does that make any sense? You say you say you a gif person or a gif person? I'm a gif person. Jeff, yeah? you a gif or a gif? I say gif. Uh, my I, I, for a while though, uh, my boss in Dallas when I lived down there, uh, he used to call them GIFs. Yeah. So for just, the longest time, I just was like, "Oh, it's a GIF." You know, it's weird. Um, JPEG. That's a fence sitter. That is a fence sitter. If I've ever heard one. JPEGs are kind of weird because you don't say GIF. You you say GIF or or GIF or you don't spell it out. You, JPEGs is like you say J, and there's the P E G. Anyway. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a gift person. It, it ain't peanut butter. It's a it's an image format. Um, let's see. Even though the developer, uh, the creator of the gif, you know he you know he he says it's Jeff because he wanted people to say have a tagline, choose your developers, choose Jeff. That was his thing. Oh, good that's lord! Funny. I swear to God, that's true. And uh, that to me, and to that stupid reasoning alone makes me not want to say Jeff. Um. Okay, so Blues ended up winning that game, <laughs> thanks to the uh, misuse of the replay uh, that went our, in our favor. Uh, so the, thank just, you, NHL. Yes, thank you. We'll take it. Um, and let's be honest. Come on, Colorado's not going to be there at the end anyway. So this one point's not going to matter, or this two point, those two points. The one point. I will say though, how awful would it be for them <laughs> if they missed out on the playoffs by one or two points? The goal shouldn't even have scored anyhow. It's it's, it's justice. I feel no. I feel no. Uh, would you feel the exact same way if that were the Blues as the other I, end? I would because I'd be like, "Oh my God, that was so far outside." I feel bad. I seriously would, and I'd be like, "Oh, I can't be too upset about the goal not being scored because the play shouldn't even happen in the first place." I mean, two seconds earlier, we were way offside. So, all right, write this I, down I, somewhere. Season six, episode six. I'm sure we're going to revisit this when the tables are turned. A season, a, season six, episode six, when the Avalanche uh, missed the playoffs by one point. Uh, they're going to be 15 points out of playoffs. It's not going to be a problem. Uh, let's see. Uh, so in Las Vegas, um, and the, the uh, guy, if you're listening, the link to join us is now live. So we're going to talk about the Vegas game. If you want to join us and hop on and, and chat about that. Uh, if anybody else would like to join us, uh, feel free to do so. Let's go blues.com slash radio and uh, click on the link and it will take you into this room where you can join us and talk some hockey. Thousands of blues fans showed up to this game and made their presence known, which is good to see. It was like we were uh, pretending to be the Blackhawks fans for a while. Uh, blues dominated this game as well. Um, but the Golden Knights goalie Malcolm Subban played, played pretty damn good. So he stopped 37 of 38 shots while he was in the game. Uh, he was injured with about 10 minutes to go uh, leading when they were leading by one. So uh, enter rookie Oscar Dansk, who hadn't played a single second in the NHL. He steps into the game in which the Blues were peppering the Vegas net, uh, which I thought was uh, comical. I thought, oh boy, here we go. And the Blues had been thinking fresh meat, right? Because we're, we're, we're throwing everything we can at the goal. And uh, here's this guy who's never faced an NHL shot before. We'll see what happens. But uh, in the first couple minutes, the Blues didn't get a shot on net on on Dansk. And I think it was brought up uh, by Kelly. And I, I think I tweeted out at the time. I was like, 
and he's making a deal. The Blues aren't challenging Daz. They're not getting shots on net. It's been two minutes. Give him a break. Uh, we have a ton of shots this game. And we ended up getting, I think it was in 13 minutes of play for dance. We got 11 shots on goal. So he saw a fair amount of rubber from us over 13 minutes. Um, did allow the one goal to Petrangelo um, uh, late in the third. So uh, to tie it up, which was fantastic. Um, really, and I think the Blues in this game, uh, I said this, uh, I tweeted this out too, that... Um, I, I, we won that game. It just we didn't. It didn't uh, didn't show on the scoreboard. We outplayed them horribly, and uh, uh, their goaltender held them in the game. And also in overtime, there were those a uh, couple of uh, very questionable no calls that should have been power plays for us. I'm not gonna. You know, you guys can disagree if you like. Also, the I want to talk about the uh, the goal that uh, was not allowed. To happen for us, the uh, where Subban was, ninety-eight percent of Subban was in the net, and the puck was in him, under him, somewhere, and uh, because the replay could not find the puck, didn't know where it was, uh, and the ref didn't see it go in, uh, we did not get credit for the goal, even though that puck was across the line. So, uh, feel free. Or you just rambled a bunch of stuff off. What do you want to talk about first? Go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to talk about. Bill, go. <clears throat> Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, that that's another, you know, detraction of the NHL's video uh, replay system as far as, you know, clearly, clearly Subban is, you know, like you said, 90% in the net. So logically, you know, you would think the puck is in the net, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess in, if we, if, without the conclusive video evidence, the NHL is not going to overturn the call on the ice. And uh, it, it's unfortunate, but I mean, it, it, I think everybody, at least in blues nation knows that that puck was in the net, but I'm sure in Vegas, they're sure that the tempers have, you know, where, where the puck, you know, where Subban wasn't in the net, uh, that, the, the puck was somewhere in that 10%. So mm, just frustrating, frustrating as hell. There was, there was literally what six inches of his pad was not in the goal. So I, I mean that, I mean, unless the puck is under that portion of his pad, which based on where the puck, you kind of saw the puck go when you lost sight of it, that's not where it was. So, I mean, Common sense tells you it's in the net, but yeah, I agree. You can't you can't call it a goal because you can't find the puck. You can't see it. So I get it. Um, it just sucks for us. And like I said, that it was a goal that just was, didn't count for us. There was one of those earlier in the year. Was it um, the Rangers game? I think it was Stastny had scored, and they reviewed it and said no goal. But there was one definitive replay that was shown after the goal that yeah. clearly showed the puck cross the line. Yeah, the but it was just. And, yep. and luckily, all is well that end well. The, the the Blues end up winning that game, but you know, I mean, and, and I'm not going to fault the officials. I don't expect them to look at these replays for ten minutes. Nobody wants that. But you see plays like the one against the Knights and the one against the Rangers, and you're just saying, "Okay, when's it going to be our turn to get one of these calls?" Yeah, I that that play in the against the Rangers. Um, I, there's a there's a term for that type of play where the puck 
is elevated and your the camera angle is from say the face off dot or somewhere out you know by the blue line looking towards the goal and if the puck is elevated and it's headed towards the net and it's close to the line very close to the line maybe over the line directly but not not completely you know over it uh there's a there's a term for it but and if you and if you then rotate the camera to the top of the goal the the camera from the blue line looks like the puck's in you can see a lot of white space between the puck and the goal line but if you switch the camera above the goal it's not across the line it's like a optical illusion of sorts because it's it's elevated off the ice that was a that was a, an argument made on twitter by a few folks and they posted a link to it and there was a video of explanation of of, of why this kind of goal and how it, the fans misinterpret goals as being in as the ones that aren't when they really aren't. But uh, I in this goal in particular, the puck wasn't off the ice that much. I, and I was looking at the replay and trying to compare and I get what they're saying, but based on how high the puck was off the ice, I think, I think the one in the, in New York was a goal personally. Uh, oh, overtime. So we got the potential to score the goal, uh, to goal, the goal with about five minutes to go in the game, uh, and then overtime. So the referees essentially put the whistle away in overtime because the play uh, against Pareko. And I want to get you guys' take on whether you got these are penalties or not, and where they should be penalties. Um, I think uh, you know Pareko was, uh, in my opinion, was kind of mugged at center, uh, hooked, grabbed, pulled down, uh, not to pull down, but you know, impeded progress at center. Cost the Blues a two-on-one, and uh, there was no call there. And then there's the call where Shen came in on a breakaway and was uh, uh, tripped up a little bit uh, in front of the goal, kind of spun around and hit the ice and didn't get a good, a great shot away. And there was no call there when uh, a lot of people were calling for a penalty shot. So And then the uh, Vegas Knights ended up scoring uh, a little bit later on a two-on-one. So the overtime uh, penalties... Uh, your guys' take on the the no calls? Uh, yeah, I, I was okay. So I've always kind of been against the well, anything goes in overtime. Uh, even back in the day when that was a very true reality. Um, but even if I were to, as I said last week, prescribe to that, <laughs> um, I. Yeah, I, I uh, these those, I'm fine with the first one going because it was just like okay, NHL overtime they let these stuff the stuff go a lot in overtime fine, but when the second one happens, you have to call that. There's no excuse for not calling that. You can't let these guys just trip and trip and trip. And I am not speaking as a Blues fan. I'm speaking as a fan of hockey and a player of hockey. You just you can't let two blatant trips go like that. It was it's what makes people laugh at the NHL. And oh, that was such an awful, awful display by the officials. Yeah, the um, I I thought you know both of them should have been called, but the, clearly the uh, you know Colin Miller, you know pushes Braden Shen's skate with his glove and he was in the clear it should have been minimum penalty should have been a penalty shot in my opinion uh, absolutely disgusting that uh, that that wasn't called uh, both of those should have been called um, and uh, you know the uh, the blues were robbed of the point I believe 
yeah i think i think that the vegas really should be fortunate that they that they got this win because so many things uh fell their favor in this game uh they were they were outplayed um they were extremely opportunistic you know getting the two goals in regulation but uh so many things happened that that kind of just uh, allowed the Blues to not put this game away. So, uh, the 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 puck that was hidden in Subban when he was in the net, the overtime calls, and you can complain about calls all game long about things that that are called not called. But you know what? Those those two plays in overtime, when you when a, when a penalty is committed, if it's away from the play and they want to let go in overtime, or it's not going to affect a scoring chance or affect a rush, okay, letting it go. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Um, but the play with Pareko, that was a, that was a surefire two on one and, uh, nothing happened because of it because they, they mugged Pareko at center. And then obviously the breakaway that's, I mean, you, you know, and like, and like, like was said, like you said, John, you, that, that was the second one, the breakaway with Shen. You have to call it. You can't just keep letting them go. If you want to let one go, you know, that, that, I mean, that's just the way the NHL has always been calls. They're like, I mean, people complaining about the NHL and the officiating. Fabrius Hair was saying some stuff about, you know, what are we going to do to fix this? And I thought, I said to him, I'm like, it's always been this way. It's the fishing has always been terrible. There's always been people complaining about it left and right, like few of the sports uh, uh, fans do about their, uh, the, you know, the NFL. The, the, I mean, they don't complain about the officiating like they do in the NFL, uh, NHL. Um, it's always been that way and late in tight games or in, in the third quarter, third period in a tight game or in overtime, they, they put the whistle away. They've always done that. Um, and it's always a big deal. If a penalty is called in a one, one game or a zero, zero game late in the third period, it's, I mean, people are up in arms because they've let other stuff go, but they call that you call that instead. Why would you do that? Um, the fans expect the whistle to be put away. And then all of a sudden when a penalty is called on their team, they're up in arms. They don't want it called. So I guess fans want it both ways, but I, it, it's, it's always been that way. As long as I can remember, and I'm sure it was that way long before I was alive that, that overtime and in tight games, they just don't call stuff. And if you watch old, if you watch uh, uh, games just from the eighties, early nineties, they don't call Jack. I mean, there, there's players getting raped on the ice. They've held up, hooked to death. A, a, a guy's got a breakaway and a player who's trailing him hooking from behind and then pull him into himself to, to catch up to him and hook him and, 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 catch up to him and hold him and, and take him down. And there's no call that happens all the time uh, back then. Now it's, I mean, if you want to compare officiating now to then, if anything, it's gotten better. If you ask me as far as like, uh, uh hooking and, and, and slashing and stuff like that, because hooking was ridiculous about 20 years ago. Yeah, well, what do you expect in Vegas but hooking? Oh! Um, I'm sure I'm the first guy to make that joke, right? I think so. You uh, win! You win! You win a uh, Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill, a frosted uh, or uh, laser engraved beer mug. Uh, so <laughs> the uh, the Blues got the point, um, but like I said, I, I feel like they won the game, to be honest. Um, if we play like this every night i mean we're gonna have a fantastic record so which uh is uh, wishful thinking but still um uh blues out shot the knights 49 to 22 they dominate each period so you really can't complain about that too much i guess um 
The Blues are now six two and one, and before tonight's games, which uh, are they're they're in first place in the Central, also tied for first in the West with the LA Kings, who play tonight in Ottawa, and like, won in overtime. They won overtime, so now the Kings are two points up on the Blues for the conference lead. Yep, Flames won in Nashville tonight in a shootout. No, that's so that is good. Yeah, but still kept a point from the Predators. Um, uh, elsewhere in the division, the Minnesota Wild uh, have lost again, and uh, probably their biggest loss of the day was uh, Zach Parise uh, out until Christmas with uh, another back surgery. Oh wow, he's got the uh, he he maybe he got the injury that Schwartz was supposed to get. Mm, yeah, it, it not looking good for Minnesota. They are they are what, fourth fourth last in uh, the the Western Conference at this point. And I know it's early, but uh, I think I, and I we should go back and a review uh, show. I think I had them like fourth in the division or something. I had them tops. Did you? I think I had them like fourth. But it's early. It is. Oh, uh, next up for the Blues, Calgary's in town tomorrow night. Uh, Calgary. Calgary. Well, it was always meat on the burner. Uh, Calgary is 4-4-0, which is good for eight points in, and fifth in the Pacific. And they have lost their last two games. Or they, they said they won tonight. They did. Finish. And uh, yeah. Jager will not be here. So Yeah, he's out on IR. Which, maybe the Blues dodged a bullet with uh, the geezer... Uh, 45-year-old man who got hurt. Maybe. Uh, so they won the last game, but they lost the two prior. So, uh, And they should be uh, not as well-rested. Or they will not be as well-rested as the Blues. Uh, players sent down and recalled. Uh, Blay was sent down and... Uh, Blay and who else? Blay and Barbashev. That's right, Barbashev. Um couldn't remember him because he hadn't done shit this year. He didn't. And it was funny because they, when they were sent down, uh, I was, there were people saying, Oh my gosh, they sent down and you know, who are going to call up? Who's going to call? And, uh, I won't, I won't call them out, but they were on Twitter saying how, Oh, they'll be back by Wednesday. No, no, back Wednesday. And, uh, and I'm thinking, I'm like, when I saw it, I'm like, I don't know. They haven't done anything. Uh, so I'm, I think I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else comes gets called back up. Uh, Blay and Barbashev will not be returning uh, as yep. of now, anyway. And uh, Bo Bennett got the call up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Bennett. More on this since social media fails. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But that was that was kind of. I just saw that and I'm like, I don't know. Don't act so confident about that because what do they deserve to get called back up? There's a couple guys that could break them instead, so don't go jumping the gun on that. But Anyway, uh, speaking of which, uh, our our lines are open, as they like to say. If you want to join us, uh, I know if a guy is still listening. Yeah, guy, please hop on. We want to hear about your Vegas trip. Yeah, hear about the Vegas trip, and uh, apparently, uh, Ponder will have trivia questions for us. He will. He's working on them right now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, do we do we say how to? Join us. Let's go blues.com slash radio. There's a link on there right now. We did. Yes. And it is, it is up there live and clickable. So please do that. Uh, if you do win trivia and I'm not sure how we get it to you uh, being in Hawaii, 
but uh, you'd win a Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill laser engraved beer mug. So, <laughs> he, he so come to Vegas. maybe he's uh, he comes to the states. Uh, the uh, the for, the forty eight, not the states. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know Hawaiians hate that. I'm because I've been to Hawaii and I've heard people say they hate it. Uh, but uh, so the Continental forty eight or whatever you call it. Uh, oh, and he has a uh, guy uh, has joined the the show here. Welcome, guy. If he's ready to go, we'll give him a second. Maybe he's not ready yet. Where is this guy? I'm sure he's never heard jokes with his name before, ever. No. Ever. You want to do uh, social media fails while we wait for a guy to get situated? Sure. Uh, can sure. you guys hear me? Oh, there, there he go. is. Hey, guy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. This is a pleasure for me. Cool. Well, the pleasure is ours. Uh, what? Uh, so you're uh, in Hawaii right now, correct? Yes, sir. Um, and uh, what, I'm what? retired Navy. Okay. All right. Um, I currently uh, work at Pearl Harbor. And so you're based. So you live uh, what part of uh, of the island? Yeah, I think I'm getting a little feedback. Okay. Hey, um, feedback from us or you? Like, are you are you hearing it from? Your voice, or are you hearing it from us talking? I bet damn Pacific Ocean. <laughs> well, that's salt water air causing issues with the signal. Hold, hold on a second, guys. I'm trying to get something taken care of here. Okay, you take okay. your time. We could uh, we could do social media fails and go back to Guy if you Let's want. Do Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think I'm there. Okay. All right. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> back, back to Guy. Back and forth. All right. Yep. So, guy, uh, do we sound good to you, guy? Yeah, you guys sound great. Okay, I'm good. not your buddy, guy. Okay. Uh, so, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, I I don't know if you got heard my question before. What uh, part of the island are you from? Are you from Pearl um, Harbor's on which? I live. I live uh, real near Pearl Harbor. Okay. Um, I uh, was born and raised in St. Louis. Grew up in Maryland Heights, actually, and I think the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill used to be a different place called Dorset Inn. Yeah, and I think my mom worked there once or twice back yeah. in the day, uh, so I know the place, and I can't wait to get back home and get to go see it. Cool. It's a, um, it's went a, to school. At, went. To, I'm giving a little bio. I apologize. You're fine. Uh, yeah. I went to. I went to school at Cleveland High School when it was an NJROTC unit way back in the day. Uh, joined the Navy in '87. Uh, spent some time here and there around places. Spent nine years in Japan. My last duty station was here in Hawaii. Uh, I retired in 2007. Um, uh, did a few other jobs and about five years ago or four years ago, I got offered a job to, as a contractor in the Navy. And right now I plan and track maintenance for the ships out here at Pearl Harbor. Living it up in Hawaii. <laughs> so I'm a huge blues fan, but unfortunately I don't get to go to games that often. I get to go to a game maybe every two or three years. Right. So when this Vegas game came out, I have a friend I went to high school with that actually lives in Vegas and, uh, could not wait to take him to his first hockey game. So I planned for four months to, to afford up, to save up for this trip, and it was the trip of my life. Very cool. So, uh, so the uh, I, when you was like a how many days were you in uh, Vegas for the? For the uh, I flew out of Hawaii on Thursday night, got in Friday morning, and left Monday afternoon. Okay. Did so when you were at the game. So the mm -hmm. the I were being told that there were thousands of blues. The blues were very well represented there. Is that um, it was almost. It, I'd say it was real close to 60-40. 60-40 blues fans. 
No, 64, 40% Blues fans in that okay. building. Wow. That's substantial. I mean, it was you, – you could not walk from the t- where the T-Mobile Arena, that the, the square that they have around there by New York, New York Hotel and all that, it was lined with Blues fans. You didn't see a Knights fan until maybe 30 minutes before uh, they opened the gate. For uh, From 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, it was almost 99% Blues fans. That's cool. I mean, we dominated the strip. So, uh, so after the game, I'm guessing you're in Vegas. Uh, let's not keep it in Vegas. You went out. <laughs> Did you see a lot of Blues fans after the game as well? Well, I've seen Blues fans everywhere, including when I left on Monday. I mean, we were very, very well representative, uh, represented. I have those two jerseys that I sent you. Uh, the white one was actually sent to me by the Blues after enduring our during enduring freedom, and I used that hash or the at Hawaii Blues fan. So I thought let people know who I was on Twitter or on Facebook because I'm in a bunch of the Facebook groups, so this way they could find me. Um, yeah, it is a coho jersey, and yes, I did get it sewn directly on. I thought it would look better than taping it. Looks good. Um, I had people come up to me, Blues fans. Oh, oh, hey, I know who you are. You're a white Blues fan and this and pat me on the back and got, got a few people to follow me from it. I mean, I have like no followers. I got 51. So I would, I would, I'm at the bottom of the Twitterverse. I don't think I want to put my name on the back of my jersey. Just <laughs> might get some people to take a shot in there or something. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> so uh, the traffic was that bad. I, the, the friend that I have that was there, he lives just on the outskirts of Vegas, you know, in, in the suburbs and that. And he said in, the trip normally takes him 20 minutes. It took him an hour and 20. Okay. So the traffic was kind of bad. Yeah. Okay. And um, the area, and I think also maybe another reason for that half hour late start is that area around there is kind of an entertainment area. And, and they're really trying to get people into that entertainment area. Okay. So I mean, you, 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 that, you agree with the 7.30 starts then? Yeah, for me, I liked it. Um, I, 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 I would even like a 7.30 start back home when I go to games at home. Um, I think it just sets the tone a little bit better. I like a later game. Um, that's just – I kind of remember the days in the arena, you know, getting out of the game at 11 o'clock and uh, – you could all the parties that were going on around the arena you know people didn't leave right away so it was a festive atmosphere so let me ask you so for those who don't know the the vegas golden or the what was the old the old team in vegas the uh i don't remember what league that was echl i think um yeah i don't, I don't I remember, remember the name of that team but but they used to have a game every year that was played at like one or two a.m so that way the people who work at the casinos could come and watch those games I don't think the NHL will ever do that, but if they'd ever decided to, do you think that would be a pretty big draw from what you saw in Vegas? Yeah, it would be. Um, when this game when this game came out on all the social media that I'm on, the We Believe, uh, we Believe Blue fan group and all the other one, there was a lot of interest in going to this game because it was the first time that the Blues had been here. And – Anytime that they do something like that, I think that they're going to get that that interest into it. Um, a lot of local Vegas people aren't behind the Knights yet, but I think they will. I mean, I you don't see a lot of people in Knights jerseys, even, and but you do, uh, you do get them embracing some of the visiting fans. Sorry if I talked over you. 
No, you're fine. I was just gonna say that I the blues when you said your estimate with the blues having forty percent uh, of the fans that were at the game. I I wonder how that works every game, especially early on in the season for the Vegas Knights. I'm sure a lot of the different teams' fan bases want to go there, like the Blues fans did. I wonder how that plays out with other fans if 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 that's a similar ratio for their fans at their games. Well, um, I was just watching. Um, they were showing a little bit of the Knights Blackhawks game, and there was a lot of red in there. So. I, I think it's the the novelty yeah. in their first season. And, and I will say this, and I know they're not listening, but they need to embrace it, and they're not, and it's really kind of bad because it did, it did dampen my experience a little bit. And elaborate on that. How did it dampen your experience? So um, when I went there, I don't know if you guys follow the Knights Twitter account or anything, but a, a couple of weeks ago they, put, they had to put a list of their scores, and then they had said many others with an S, and then below that, Guy. And a lot of people were talking about, oh, what's wrong with Guy and all this? Well, I started, hey, I'm going to jump in on this since my name's Guy. And I got them to, to feed off me a little bit, but then they just kind of dropped it. Like when I was leaving, hey, Vegas, Guy's on his way. Guy's going to be in the building. And then they, oh, okay, hi. And then during the game, not one time, well, other than one time, they showed Blues fans. It was all Vegas Knights. And the only time they showed a Blues fan, if you see the, their Twitter, two Blues fans on the back of their jersey had a tape where it said, uh, hashtag Vegas strong. Hmm. So they, I mean, I paid just the same amount for that ticket as a Vegas Knight fan did. And I think I deserve the same experience. Because I know in St. Louis, because I see it, because I get to watch the games on center ice here, you know, when they do the, the flex cam or the kiss cam and all that, we don't shy away from even Blackhawks fans. You know, everybody's there for the same experience. And that's just kind of, to me, that's why I felt my, my experience was dampened a little bit. Do you think that um, just from your experience, do you think that might change over the years? Do you think the, the Golden Knights fans might not come as much and it's going to be having to rely on uh, uh, people from other teams? Well, I mean, it's going to take time and, and you can't, the, the, to, to sit there and try and say, well, you know, our first season, we just – we don't want other teams' fans here. First of all, you're Vegas. It's an experience, and people are going to want to go just like I did, right? I mean, they're going to plan vacations around a trip like that. Uh, and, and second, you don't create – that's how you create rivalries. And, and they have a few rivalries that they need to create. Like, they're trying to create one with Phoenix – Fortunately, Phoenix isn't a good team right now, so that might not be a good one. But some of the Central Division teams that travel well, the Blues, the Blackhawks, the Wild, those are the teams that you would want to try and embrace, in my mind. So, um, he, uh, so you, so what you're saying is you think that uh, they should. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, cater. Cater. Cater to. They should cater. Cater to everybody. Because that's that's the clientele they're going to uh, want to, you know, they're going to need in the future to survive. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about it. Okay. Um, so as far as uh, the arena goes, uh, what was your experience with? Uh, was it a, a nice venue? Yeah. So I don't. So I spend the money. I sat one row behind the Blues penalty box, just off the center ice. Um, I guess, uh, one of my friends told me they, that after the second goal, they, they showed me high-fiving somebody. So, um, 
the sight lines are really good. The glass is clean because it's new. So it doesn't have all the, the scrapes and the scratches on it that you see from uh, older arenas. Uh, their video board is amazing. I mean, I think it's, I haven't seen the new blues board, but I think it's the same type of board that we have now where you got the scoreboards underneath it for the people sitting down low. You can still see the scoreboard. Uh, really good uh, weather. Our, our, the atmosphere inside, the, the climate control is good. Um, I remember being in the arena and, and sitting down low and, and needing three jackets because it was so cold in that building. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was real comfortable. Uh, I mean, overall, my experience was great. My experience was, was an amazing experience. Well, cool. I, I hope to make it out there for a game sometime soon. That uh, that's uh, it sounds like a fantastic place to watch a game. Actually, sorry if I missed this, but um, ticket prices. What was that like for you? I mean, you don't have to give me an exact number, but uh, was was it pretty expensive or about regular? For well, games? yeah, it was. Um, it, it well in my mind. So, the last time that I seen a game home in St. Louis was in two thousand and fourteen. It was the day after Thanksgiving against the Edmonton Oilers. And I got a, I was by myself, so I got a ticket just off the Edmonton bench in the third row in that corner, in that back corner there. Uh, and I think I paid 125 for that ticket. Uh, and I got it off StubHub, maybe, maybe a little bit more than that, but I, it was in that range. This ticket was 300. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's, I'm thinking, where you're sitting, though, that's good. But I mean, that's that is a lot of money to pay. But if you're in well, Vegas, hey, win that to, money back. Right. But I, yeah, I wish. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So but I know that same seat that I was sitting in in St. Louis. I checked it out. That same seat was less than half that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, a lot of a lot of people say that the blues uh, ticket prices are some of the cheapest in the league. So, and, and Chicago fans will come down here just to watch the, the – they can't get tickets in Chicago. They're so expensive. Oh, they can't afford them. They'll, it's cheaper for them to drive down here, get a hotel, go to a Blues-Hawks game here than is to watch a game in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I get that. You know, I don't like seeing the red in the building, but I understand it, and I think it makes the rivalry better. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, it's – in one hand, you're, you're upset that uh, you see other fans in your building. On the other hand – the whole fact that you're upset means it's a good rivalry, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. Hey, um, if you don't mind, I wanted to elaborate a little bit on that Hutton, uh, pen, the Hutton where he got pushed. Sure. What, one thing that you, I think you guys are missing a little bit, you said that uh, Como didn't really push into Bortuzzo. My problem is if you look at the way the three ended up, it was Hutton on the bottom, Bortuzzo in the middle, and Como on top. For Como to get on top, he had to have done something that we didn't see to get him on top. And then he lifts his stick into Bortuzzo's legs and pushes Bortuzzo further down before he gets up and goes away. That's why I felt that that was a lot more interference than they let into because Bortuzzo was forced into forced on top of Hutton and Hutton was never given the chance to reset. As soon as Hutton was pushed out of that net, that play should have stopped. At least that's my opinion. Okay, I, I think on that play, I think we're just seeing it differently. I I, uh, I don't uh, like I, I think uh, like I said, I think my interpretation of the play is that uh, there wasn't. I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't any contact. That there was definitely contact. That's easy to see, but I don't think there was enough contact to 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 deem it intentional or uh, or that it was uh, you know 
pertinent to uh, Bertuzzo landing on top of Hutton, but uh, I think we may have to disagree on how that happened. Well, the, the thing, the, what I'm getting at, and I'll, and I'll end it here so we're not beating a dead horse. <laughs> I look love how far Hutton ended up out of the Yeah, beat, beat look, a dead horse. That's Hutton what we do out on the, the show. Net. Yeah. <laughs> well, look how far Hutton ended up out of the net. That was the – at that point, something had to happen to get him that far out. There, there. That's what I think everybody missed. And that's when the play should have stopped because there was no way – when you have three players laying on top of each other – and then the puck gets squirts out. Yeah. I mean, that's also player safety. We could go. Okay. Let's talk about this. I, uh, I, I think, I think the, the reason why uh, Hutton uh, and Bartuzzo ended up so far out of the net was just the speed that Bartuzzo uh, and, um, and Como came in with. Uh, I don't think it had anything to do with uh, Como, uh, 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 forcing Hutton that far out of the net or forcing into Bertuzzo, which caused that distance out of the net. I think whether or not Como uh, shoved uh, uh, Bertuzzo enough to, uh, I think Bertuzzo is making contact with Hutton anyway, to be honest, because the bump at the, at the, the, the circle kind of propelled them in that direction and he wasn't getting out of the way. And I think the, the, the slight bump at the uh, top of the crease that happened, the hip to hip or the, the, and the shove, um, I don't think it was uh, enough to make a difference whether Bertuzzo was going into Hutton or not. And the speed at which they went in, I think they're going to be outside the, the net pretty close to the same distance anyway, even if uh, Como gives him an extra shove or whatever. And I think a lot of it was incidental. I don't think it was on purpose. That's just my interpretation. He very well could have done something on purpose. You know, I mean, I've, I've played hockey quite a bit in my life, and I've done subtle, sly things to try to get away with stuff. I get it. But... Uh, and if he did, kudos to him because, to me, I didn't really perceive that as being um, overly intentional to where it was uh, something that caused Bertuzzo not to be able to avoid Hutton. Yeah, I agree with that, Kurt. And, and you know, I, I also, you know, I get that Hutton wound up so far away from the net. I, the, the optics of it were comical. Um, and it, it seemed like it, it should be, you know... It, it, if the goalie's that far away from the net, something should, you know, something went wrong. And I, I, I just think in this play, you know, what went wrong was Bortuzzo went in and wasn't able to avoid contact with his own goalie and, you know, had way too much momentum. I think, and I, I'm, I'm not saying there wasn't contact. There was contact a couple of times, but I, I, that's, ob- that's obvious, but to, and my whole stance the whole time has been, I just don't think it was enough to well, and I do get your point, but I look at the optics of Hutton on the bottom, Bortuzzo in the middle, Dunn on top. Why doesn't the play stop there? Because then Dunn get that's when Dunn gets off, swings around, and gets the puck. At one point, all three of them are on are laying on the ice, and, and that's where you know what what happened to player safety. I don't think was was Como on the pile. I don't think it was. I don't remember him being. Yeah, on the he pile. was on the pile. I thought. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was Bertuzzo. I thought uh, Como was right there. I didn't think he was actually on top of Bertuzzo on the pile, though. But, yeah, he was. He was in Bertuzzo's legs. That's why Bertuzzo couldn't get off of Hutton. I'll have to look at it again. Because the way I the way I remember it, I don't have it in front of me, but the way I remember it is that because uh, Como was one of the scores, so he made his way back to the front of the net while Bertuzzo was trying to get off Hutton. 
and uh, and uh, Bertuzzo's stick was underneath Hutton, and that's because he ended up not having his stick basically, and he yeah. he he pulled off Hutton and uh, and he stumbled and fell after he got off Hutton, and then Hutton couldn't get up, and he lost his stick. It was a it was a big cluster mess, is what it was. But um, I'll look at it again and see. I can't remember where Como was when when the Bertuzzo was on top of Hutton. <clears throat> Yeah, they're they're um I'm looking at it again and the the initial momentum, I mean it he didn't wind up on, you know, completely on top of Bortuzzo, but the the momentum pushed him all the way in, you know, to where Hutton was already in the trapezoid before uh Como got his footing back. And I, I think that's kind of the key to the play is that Como was the guy that was able to get his footing back and neither Bortuzzo or Hutton could. And I think you know, that that's really, you know, the result of, you know, uh, again, the the momentum uh, that was put. I, I agree with the momentum, but the rule states that the goalie must be allowed to reset. Right. And I think I think that the, that, 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 where... that the consideration that the uh, opposing player caused him to be offset. Right. And I think I think what we're saying here is that uh, and, and to say and to say that Como had nothing to do with that happening is where I disagree. Como was as punch as part of that play as Bortuzzo was and as Hutton was. I'm gonna say There's at one point where they're all three in a cluster together. I'm gonna that's say, where Hutton doesn't get the chance to reset. I'm gonna say that I think uh, if we're gonna assign blame, I'll give eighty percent of the blame to Bartuzzo on that play. That's my, that's my I don't want to say I'm, I don't want to say I'm assigning blame. I'm just saying that Como was part of the play. Yeah, sure. And and I, he was part was, of the, there was contact. I, I, I completely agree with you. There was, there was contact made, uh, uh, and they both went into, uh, Hutton. And I think, and I think your interpretation is just, uh, just, we just see it differently that, uh, that, uh, you feel that Como had more to do with it than, uh, than what, uh, than we do. Yeah. Yeah, I think what the, so guys- the point here too is that I don't think anyone's really wrong here. And um, you know, I just think that we see the play differently and uh, uh there's just no wrong answer, which is <laughs> I'll just say this one more time. Uh that's why there's a problem here with review. I think that, that it, it leaves too much gray area and it and it just makes us question every play like this. Yeah. So, so you know okay. No good. I got a I want to throw something out there about this offsides rule. I hate it. Right. The offsides <laughs> review where if you uh, lose the review, you get the two minute penalty. I actually, I actually like that, but I think before the season started, when we're talking about the new rules. I'm like, well, the NHL is trying to do away with uh, or trying to reduce the number of offside challenges by uh, in this rule. I'm like, let's just do away with the offside challenge altogether. Yeah, see, here, yeah, well, here, gotta, here's my problem with it. And and sorry, I'll just let me throw this in there. Let's just say that the by the book, that offside challenge that uh, Yo threw out was deemed to be uh, incorrect, and they allow the goal because by the book, that was an onside play, the play that led to the goal. Yeah. So that it. means the Blues would have gotten a penalty. penalty. Would you have been okay with this rule at that point? Oh, that been no, nasty. I wouldn't. <laughs> and, and this is this is what I think. There's a change to it that I think would make it better. And instead of making it a two minute penalty, make it a five minute misconduct with a top six forward. Hmm. That way, you lose a player, you lose a high end player, 
but you don't go, you don't get over penalized to where now you're back on a penalty kill. So how would, how would you determine a top six player? How would because they switch lines up throughout the game? Would you have to go like starting lines, or would you have to because they could? What, what starting lines? What you started with? You, what, what you listed as your top six players? I mean, come on, everyone knows who your top six players are. Yeah, I know. You, you but I mean, you gotta, you yeah, I'd great. say you could deem it by starting lineup. You have your uh, you you turn in your lines. Every the 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 beat writers all turn in their lines, but maybe you could just go with. Uh, <laughs> Here's what your, I do. Maybe how about your top three leading goal scorers? Yeah, something like that. that. Like point producers. Yeah. Because if you go by top six for that game, I could submit any whatever the hell lineup I wanted. And yeah. the game and then just switch it up after that. And you know, I could put I could put my fourth line as a, as a, as a, as the top line to start the game. But Are uh, you suggesting the Blues would lie to Jeremy Rutherford? I am suggesting the Blues would lie oh. to gain an advantage. Never. <laughs> and, and but and, and I'm sure, you know, okay, we can you can but you're not going to make and and with all apologies to uh, Upshaw, you can't call Upshaw a top six forward. Okay, no. if you call um, up that, you call that's Sabolka obvious. Would you call Saboko one before the season started? Um, yeah, yes. I would. I, I yeah. I've always thought I, I'm a fan. I like Saboka, so I, I I get that. But see, if you're taking a player out of the game that doesn't put you on a penalty kill. Are putting you on a penalty kill, it still affects your how you, how you do your lines, and that's what I'm kind of getting at. That's an interesting take on it. I, I, there's, they, they, I mean, we could work with that. We could uh, be an interesting way to, to force someone to go in the box. Like, it, I think you have to go point producer. That's a, that might be a better angle. At it, start there. Right. But uh, again, yeah. But as long as it, I don't think it should be a penalty, a two minute penalty. I think make it a five minute misconduct. You lose that player, or he's in the buy. And actually, it's going to be more than five minutes because he can't come out until there's a play stoppage, right? Yeah. So at, at that point, I think because I do like some of the challenges, like Latera losing that one by a hair a couple of years ago. Yeah, I hated that one. I didn't think that one was. But some of these are are close enough, then the game is close enough that you got to take that chance. And, and I get taking that chance, and I understand not wanting it to be a longer timeout. Okay, but I want the game called right. Uh, you mentioned. Uh, I, I, I I I agree with you. I think a lot of people in the end want that want the game called right. Um, but uh, I think there's just disagreement on uh, on how that's going to happen. Um, you mentioned that you were uh, on uh, on some Facebook groups. Uh, you what was the one you you listed you were on the, the uh, um, I'm on. We, we, uh, we, what what any other fan group? Any, um, I'm on like 20 of them. So okay. uh, the big ones are that one, the Blues Quest for the Cup. Um, trying to look them up here real quick. See if I can find my major ones. Sorry, I'm running. No, that's cool. Uh, we've, and we've, we've all- hey, guys, it is a thrill for me um, to, to sit here and talk to you guys. Not a lot of hockey fans out here. And that's another thing I think the Knights are screwing up. They should be out here promoting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm been, on Blue Blue. I've been hearing people say that uh, they need to be promoted in Seattle, which, you know, why not? Try to steer some of those Canuck fans away during this awful time of the year for them. Yeah. Or time of time. So of these the are the So I'm going to I'm going to if you give me I'm going to tell you list the groups that I'm on here. Right ahead. Uh, these are these are the Blues groups. I'm on St. Louis Blues Lounge, Bleed Blue, Blues Quest for the Cup with a Z instead of an S for Blues. Oh, I've seen uh, Blues Nation. I'm on St. Louis Blues Hockey History. You talked about that one. 
Uh, we all bleed blue fan group. Let's go blues, all in capitals with the uh, exclamation point at the end. Long live the note. And then there's a private group out there for Vladimir Tarashenko's biggest fans. Nice. Good call. So, so if you, um, you can tell I am a huge blues fan. I can tell. Good man. What's your favorite? Favorite, favorite blue of all time? Uh, favorite uh, group. Favorite group? Uh, right now, I, I'd say it's between uh, Blues Quest for the Club and We All Bleed Blue fan group. I'm, I'm still new on the lounge. I just found that one. Okay. But uh, between those two, those are the two that I'm on the most. And, and uh, so what, what, who's your favorite, favorite blue of all time? Um, I have two. And a uh, current one and a former one. So my former one is Brett Hall. Uh, when, when he first came to the, to the Blues was just before I shipped out in the Navy. So um, I remember being underway. And uh, back then, we didn't have the Internet and all this nice news. So we used to get these, like, tele, Teleflex rollout papers with the news on it. And I remember uh, sitting there and reading them, trying to find the Blues stuff. The, the year he scored the 50 and 50 twice, the two years he did that. Back in uh, 90, I think it was 91, 92 or 90, Maybe during the Gulf War, I remember trying to follow him really heavy during the Gulf War. Okay. And uh, now now I'm a, a huge Tarashenko fan. So you like the right wings. <laughs> well, it's I, I think I gravitate towards the, the, the superstars. Okay. Because I, right. I, 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 I was a big fan of Demetra. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. man. Me yeah. and you are can me and you yeah. can be best friends. I was always a big Demetra fan. But like uh, Johnson, I I didn't like. I wasn't. I never got behind Johnson. Brent Johnson. I just or Eric Johnson. <laughs> yeah, the, the, no, the, the the guy, the number one draft pick. Eric. Oh, Eric Johnson. Yeah, yeah, Eric Johnson. I just never got behind him. Why was Brent Johnson the first one Kurt and I thought of? I don't. I, I, I don't <laughs> because we want to forget Eric Johnson. I guess. Let's say we've we've had like what six Johnsons play for this team. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Sorry. lot of johnson ryan johnson yeah. <laughs> i have you know what there you go there's another one i have a ryan johnson jersey oh, oh there you go that's nice was it from the aaron andrews era <laughs> i wish <laughs> <laughs> all right um well uh since we got you uh, jeff do you have the questions ready to go i do i do uh so uh if since uh, guys since we got you on the show you want to do uh, some trivia why not all right, cool. All right, if you win, we'll send you a uh, a blues mug, right? Can we do Sounds that? Sounds good. So I got, I, got no, I, I was I think I put on Twitter I want one of those. Yeah, right. saw that. So yeah, well, I'll I'll take care of the shipping if Tom doesn't want to. We'll make sure it happens. If you win, you gotta win. I win. Uh, so, so okay, so this is different this week because uh, usually I read the questions and and Jeff and Bill compete. Uh, Jeff and or Bill compete uh, against the uh, the guest this week. Jeff has the questions, and Bill and I are going to take you on. So, Yeah, so uh, how it will work is uh, Bill and Kurt will message me their answers first. And then when I get those in, um, I will. Uh, you can just say what your answer is. It's going to be multiple choice. Okay. Yeah, so, so just... Yeah, if the question's read, wait until Jeff asks for your response. And... Yeah, I, I will say Kurt's in, Bill's in, and you can answer. Otherwise, otherwise you're just helping us. That's right. Okay, gotcha. Hang on, let me uh, let me prep you said, one more. You said these are all going to be uh, who's what player numbers, I guess. Yeah, this is the player jersey uh, edition. Let's just call it that. Okay, no cheating. Yes, no yeah, cheating. Well. 
<laughs> well, I'm going to be weak for the stuff from the 2000s. I think I'll be okay for the, the 90s and the newer stuff. There's a little bit of 90s. There's a little bit of 2000s. That's mostly where I tried to keep it. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. All right. So, like I said, how this will work is Bill and Kurt will message me their answers separately, and then I will say, uh, Guy, we are ready for your answer. So, here we go for our first edition of Player Jersey Trivia. First question. Now, there is going to be five questions, uh, and then we'll have a sixth as a, uh, a bonus question to break any possible tiebreakers. Sponsored by the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill, located in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Thank you. <laughs> hey, tell, tell those guys that I say hi. I used to live in Maryland Heights, right um, right near Pattonville High School, so I know the area really well, and I can't wait to get there. Okay. Cool. When you Yeah, let us know when you're in town. We'll uh, Maybe we can meet up with you for a beer or something. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, sponsored by Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights. So uh, thank you to all of the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill staff. Um, we will get started here with number one. Number 63 has only been worn by one player in St. Louis Blues history. Who is that player? A, Marcel Gotch. B, Eric Nicholas. C, Justin Papineau. D, Brian Savage, or E, Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> we all have choices. <laughs> uh, what are they again? Sorry. A, Marcel Gotch. B, Eric Nicholas. C, Justin Papineau. D, Brian Savage. E, Wayne Gretzky. My answer is in... Both of your answers are in, so uh, go ahead, guy. Can you, can you read me A through uh, D again? I don't need E. I know it's not E. <laughs> Wait, tell me it's not Wayne Gretzky? Uh, it is A, Marcel Gotch, B, Eric Nicholas, C, Justin Papineau, D, Brian Savage. I'm going to go with C. He says C. Okay, Justin Papineau. All right, question two. Blues prospect and fan favorite Jordan Binnington has appeared in one game for the Blues. What number did he wear? A, 31. B, 70. C, 40. D, 50. E, 16. There's so many questions, so many answers. I forget the first couple by the time. I'll just go ahead and tell you this right now. E will never be the answer. <laughs> yeah, I figured that one out. <laughs> so it's A31, B70, C40, D50, and E16. It's like Kurt's answer is in and Bill's answer is in. Can, can I hear A and B again? A and B. A is 31, B is 70. I'm going to go with B. Okay. Okay, uh, number three. Blues great Scott Pellerin wore two numbers for the Blues. What were those numbers? A, 33 and 39. B, 22 and 29. C, 34 and 37. D, 27 and 37. And E is zero and double zero. In. Yeah, both answers are in. Go ahead, guy. I'll go with C. Let's see. 34 and 37. Okay. 
Three. That was three. My bad. Number four. If you add Robbie Fabry's number and Jocelyn Lemieux's number, you receive this player's number. So let me repeat. If you add Robbie Fabry's number and Jocelyn Lemieux's number, you receive this player's number. A. Yuri Himlev. <laughs> B. How can you give me an answer without even hearing the choices? <laughs> Bill? Because I can do math. <laughs> uh, sorry. A is Yuri Himlev. B, Jamie McLennan. C, Curtis Joseph. D, Vince Dunn. Or E, Darren Kimball. What are the choices again? Choices are A, Yuri Himlev. B, Jamie McLennan. C, Curtis Joseph. D, Vince Dunn. Or E, Darren Kimball. Bill, your math was incorrect. Yes. <laughs> I realized it. Okay. We have Bill and Kurt's answers in. Go ahead, guy. So I'm gonna wag I'm gonna take a wag on this one and go with Curtis Joseph. Okay. You guys know what a yeah. wag is, right? Uh, no. Wild ass guess. Okay. Gotcha. Oh nice. I like that. <laughs> We're learning uh Hawaii lingo here. No, that's Navy lingo. There you go. Uh, all right, so your answer was C, Curtis Joseph. Uh, number five, how many players in Blues history have worn a number in the 90s? A, two, B, three, C, four, D, five, E, 90. Is it A, two? A is two? A is two, B is three, C is four, D is five. Curtis is in. And Bill is in. This might be the only one that I'm certain of, but I'm going to go with A. And Guy is in with A, too. Okay, our tiebreaker question. Alex Petrangelo shares his jersey number with which former Blues great? A, Todd Reardon. B, Peter Chianic. C, Sean Podine. D, Dennis Chasse. E, Kirk Price. <laughs> <laughs> we have Bill's answer in. Questions, uh, answers again, sorry. Answers are A, Todd Reardon. B, Peter Chianic. C, Sean Podine. D, Dennis Chasse. And E, Kirk Price. And what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Pet <laughs> Alex Petrangelo shares his jersey number with which former Blues great? A. Reardon, B. Chianic, C. Podine, D. Chasse, E. Price. Ah! Alright. I, I think I did terribly on these. Alright, Bill and Kurt are in. What's your answer, guys? So I'm going to go with another Navy term. When in doubt, Charlie out. So I'm going to go with C. <laughs> Alright. Okay, we have the answers and uh, we have a winner. I'm just guessing you guys get to keep your mug. <laughs> I don't know about that. I just, so I, we have uh, number one. Number 63 has only been worn by one player. Who is that player? 
The answer was C, Justin Papineau. So both Bill and Kurt, I'm sorry, Bill and Guy got that correct. Uh, two, Blues prospect and fan favorite Jordan Bennington has appeared in one game for the Blues. What number did he wear? The correct answer was a D, 50. None of you got that correct. That's a shame. Come on, you guys don't know Jordan Bennington's number? He appeared in like 35 minutes. Isn't that a relief appearance against the Oilers? Yes, it was, and he looked awful. Uh, number three, Blues great Scott Pellerin wore two different numbers for the Blues. What were those numbers? The answer was A, 33 and 39. Kurt and Bill got that one correct. If you add Robbie Fabry's number and Jocelyn Lemieux's number, you receive this player's number. The answer was C, Curtis Joseph. And uh, let's see, that was correct by Bill and Guy. Yep. What did you guess on that one, Kurt? Uh, it was question four. Yeah. Uh, A. So you guessed uh, Yuri Himlov. Yeah, I had not. Himlov <laughs> yeah, 13. Didn't 13. That's 13. right. Now that you say it, I can picture it, but trying to come up with it. Yeah. Quick, quick story about Yuri Himlov. Uh, I wrote a letter to the Blues uh, when I was like, I was probably 12, 11 at that time. And it was the year after Himlov was with the team. And I asked, what happened to Yuri Himlov? I thought he was a pretty good player. The letter who I got from one of the like, secretaries that worked there, they they literally even put in the letter, and I still have it somewhere. They said, Yuri Hemlev, we felt, was not good enough for this team, so we decided to ask him not to play for us. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that response. Um, I don't think they could get away with that nowadays. No. no. Social media. Oh, responses like that were great. Uh, so number five, how many players in Blues history have worn a number in the 90s? The correct answer was C, four. Anybody want to try to name them real quick? Nedved, Gretzky. Well, one of them is obvious, Gretzky. Yeah, Gretzky, Nedved, Tarasenko. Tarasenko, Nedved, Gretzky yeah. are correct. There's one more. This was it. 90. Nope. 2016. 94? 2016, my friend. It was number 93. Same as that bit. Oh. Uh, I think he played three games. The Alaskan superstar, Scott Gomez. Uh, Trick question. Yeah. Say gotcha. Number different. I was, yeah, okay. Um, well, I so knew number the two. Six. I couldn't remember the other two. What? I got that one right. Yeah, I got that one right. Yeah, you got that one right. Hey, not too yes, did I. So, officially, your winner uh, is Bill. He had five. Uh, Kurt had uh, two, as did Guy. But your uh, your extra credit question, if you will, Alex Petrangelo shares his jersey number with which former Blues great? The answer is D, Dennis Chasse. <laughs> Denis Chasse. Denis, sorry. Denis Chasse. Kurt and Bill both got that correct. I was hoping you were going to go with Sergio Momesso for that. You know, I... (laughs) 
I wanted to. There was a couple different names on there that I saw that I was like, eh, I could go with some pretty good ones. But knowing, because I was writing these as Guy was talking, so I thought, eh, that's one that uh, Guy might be familiar with. Well, for, for me, um, I spent a lot of time in Japan, so I missed a, like, a huge hunk of time. And then when I got here in Hawaii in 2004, after the lockout and when the, the, the things just went all to, to hell, I, it, I kind of fell out. It's really hard. It was hard for me to follow. So there was a huge period where I wasn't able to follow them as much as I'd like. So that's why a lot of the names I didn't know. That's fine. You uh, you know, you did admirably. You you basically tied Kurt. So uh, <laughs> basically, tied is not tied. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, if we take out the last question, right? Tied. Right. right. If we take out oh. the tonic breaker, yeah, we tie. So uh, yeah, they're sorry about their uh, their guy, but uh, again, thank you for playing. We appreciate it, and thank you to the Blue Notes. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll get another chance. That's right. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime to play. We're gonna. What, what time is it there right now? Um, let me about six thirty p.m. Yeah, six twenty-five. I'm five hours behind. Okay. You. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So for me, the games come on about two o'clock in the afternoon. When the time shifts, because we don't shift time, they'll come on at three. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. So you're still. Thank goodness for NHL Center Ice or the NHL TV. That's how I get to watch all the games. There you go. Yeah, I have it too, but I don't. Except the West Coast games, I get I get suckered. I got to watch the 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 home broadcast on those. And Bill's gonna have to leave us. <clears throat> yep. All right. Bye, Bill. You Bill. Bye, Good Bill. With y'all. And uh, let's go blues. Let's go blues. We got let's a go blues. we got a little bit more show coming. We got uh, some social media fails to to do and um, yep. roll yep. through some things. Kurt has has been through, and uh, <laughs> you uh, guy, you're more than welcome to stay on or um, or pop off, whatever you decide. I'd stay on if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. go ahead. Sure. Well, uh, we're gonna what well, we we do a weekly segment. Uh, social media fails. Some funny things or interesting things or uh, ridiculous things we find on uh, various social media outlets, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, different podcasts or whatever. Things that we say that are kind of you know you know just worth funny to talk about. So we kind of poke fun and and uh, hopefully uh, they hear it and poke fun of us back because that'd be that'd be a hoot. Um, anyway, so uh, blue social media fails. There was a article. Um, Posted, uh, written by uh, Dan Kingers- Kingerski. Kingerski. Uh, Kingerski, I would guess. Yeah, Kingerski, who uh, shared on Twitter. And it talks about how Ryan Reeves is being misused in Pittsburgh. And the title of the, the article is, Is the Ryan Reeves Trade Failing? So, uh, and so he says that Reeves is being, uh, the way he's u- being used by Sullivan, seems to be trending uh to how a knuckle dragging goon would be used uh in a lineup and reeves is much better than that and and if the team doesn't think he's better than that then they give up way too much to get him they did anyway but uh we've already discussed that so uh that was the gist of the article um it was you know it's kind of a a common sense kind of an article to be honest but so yeah just to to emphasize what what kurt's saying is knuckle dragging goon is an exact quote from the article uh, saying that that's how Reeves is being used. Not that that's who he is, right. but that that's how the, the Penguins have been using him and they're using him incorrectly because he's much more than a knuckle-dragging goon right. that 
saw in the, the early to late 90s. Because a Nuffle Dragon Goon wouldn't play many minutes. He might play a right. game, tops, and uh, wouldn't you know be out there much at all for you know, 15, 20 second shift, tops and go. So um, that was just a bit. And it was posted and I responded to it. And because I'd heard on the uh, St. Louis Blues podcast, which is a uh, uh, Blues NHL podcast. Blues NHL podcast, sorry. Their Twitter handle is STL Blues podcast. Um, but there, but uh, Jimmy Rivers and Darren Kimball are a part of that show. So I, I tagged the sh- I tagged the the response in Twitter and because they just a few days before uh, they talked about on their show about how Ryan Reeves was this fantastic player. The Blues gave up. Uh, the Blues maybe shouldn't have made that trade. Uh, right now it's hurting the Blues. Blah blah blah. This was after the two game skid the Blues had. So I, that's why I tagged them saying, uh, and when I said, uh, let's see, what did I say? What's my tweet? This, uh, oh, so the Dan Kingerski posts, here's the article which is stirring debate is the Ryan Reeves trade failing, question mark. And then he says, read before y'all comment. And I said, well, it depends who you ask. We, St. Louis Blues fans, couldn't be happier about the trade. Well, maybe at STL Blues Podcast isn't a fan right now because of what their comments before about how they weren't a big fan of the trade, apparently. Do you want me to, I'll take Kimball if you want. Okay, yeah. And, and then, yeah, and there's a conversation where Kimball responds to me after Jamie Rivers asked him to, pretty much. And uh, so you be Kimball, I'll be me, and we go back and forth a little bit. <laughs> okay, so being Darren Kimball, which um, I'm being a very eloquent and beautiful man because Darren Kimball is exactly that. Uh, when a reporter is giving you a backhanded slap, I think it's chicken. It's a chicken shit move. I speak for myself. Reeves can play an important role. I love Reeves, and he is a very and he's very good at what he does. But I'll trade him all day long for a first first round pick, especially the one we got. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the reporter said Reeves is far better than how he's being used. I didn't see a backhanded slap at all. Anytime you use the word goon or knuckle tracker, I'm pretty sure I know what direction he's going. How do you know what he is? He hasn't played one game yet. Okay, there is a chance Costum won't pan out, but that would go against what almost everyone else is saying about him. He is a very good prospect. I think Sullivan is the only one that can answer your question. I never asked a question. I just think we're interpreting the article differently. I agree. So the conversation had me pulling my hair out because with all due respect to Mr. Darren Kimball, which I doubt is something anyone has actually ever said in the history of ever, <laughs> is his reading comprehension needs some work. Uh, he is, <laughs> we talked about this uh, off the air. He is misunderstanding what the article is all about. He thinks the author is saying Reeves is basically a knuckle dragging goon, which he never said nor implied. Uh, the author was criticizing the team's use of Reeves uh, and the coach's use of Reeves, Sullivan's use of Reeves, not Reeves' playing ability. I, I think this plays into how we a lot of people in this country get their news nowadays. I think they, you know, we, we've you've probably heard of their shows or whatever talk about the people who just read the Facebook headlines, you know, the headlines of articles people post and they say, oh, well, this article is implying this, but they don't read the article to see what is actually being said. I think this is along those lines. I think Mr. Kimball was looking at this article and saw Knuckle Dragon Goon, and because that's probably a term he's unfortunately heard before in his playing career, and I'm not... No. This sounds not, bad. Because I, I, we all, as, as Blues fans, love Darren Kimball as a Blue, and we love him as a podcaster. But I'm sure he 
heard that term before, and it just sets this thing off in his head. You know, like when you're a podcaster and you're here working in your mother's basement. You know, I mean, I think he he hears that and he thinks, oh, he's, he's criticizing Reeves. But I don't think that's at all what the author was trying to interpret. I think most people would tell you that. But I think uh, uh, there's a cloud of judgment here coming from Mr. Kimball and he's not interpreting what the author was actually trying to say. Reading comprehension. Yeah. Oh, I get you. And would you mind if I gave my take on that? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so I have a a, a friend, um, a guy I went to high school with, with named Eric Simp, and he passed away last year. His wife is a huge, or his widow is a huge Ryan Reese fan, and she just was was bonkers over this trade. But I look at it differently. We got a high first round low second round pick you know the last pick of the first round but a lot of people thought colson was a fifth to six round or fifth or sixth if he wasn't injured he'd have been in the top five we got a guy that has the, the potential and, and i know everyone has potential but i think he's shown that he can be that top six forward and we also have a mentor for him we have the best quick scorer in the league in tarashenko guy and and bring him along and and i think it was a great trade and reeves serves the purpose and i was scared at first because i didn't think there was anybody out there to protect uh protect tarashenko and if you guys have seen that ice guardians i watched it on netflix you know they talked about that a little bit but i think shins out there and a few others are, are letting guys know you stay away from tarashenko so i like the trade and i, and I think uh, ryan reeves is being used wrong out there He's a very skilled player, but he's just not going to score you 20, 25 goals a year. Well, and this is something we've we've beat the dead horse on here, is that I think any time you get an offer for a first-round pick, even if it is the 31st pick, for a fourth-line player, you take that every gosh darn time. Every single day. Time. Yep. Brodziak, Upshaw, Yashkin, any of those guys. Yeah, first-round pick, go ahead, take them. You, you want me to drive them up there for you? You got it. Fourth, I mean, I, I, like I said, and I, I, I really like Ryan Reeves. I do. Um, he's a, he's a very good fourth-line player, but he's not worth. But that's keeping. it. He's a fourth-line player. Right. Exactly. Um, he's and not. Coulson, yeah, Costin. Costin is going to be a, a first or a second. Costin. I'm sorry, how you say it. A yeah. first or second line player. Yeah, he's uh, every. I mean, granted, you don't want to get your hopes up about a prospect who hasn't seen a second of NHL action. But everything is hinting towards him being a pretty, well, it's not, pretty good player. If you look at a guy like like let's just find a, a failed first round pick for the Blues. Oh, that's so hard. Let me think of Merrick Schwartz. Um, even if at that time, even if you knew that there was a small chance that that player wasn't going to turn out to be an elite player or even a second or third line player, Merrick Schwartz being a goaltender, obviously, but you still take that chance. You still, because it's a first round pick. Those players are primed to be NHL, maybe not all-stars, but I don't want to say elite, but like perennial mainstay players. There are games where, as good as Ryan Reeves was, as much as we all like him, there are games where you could sit him and it's okay. You've he, got last season, was it? He didn't get much playoff time at all. No, and you want players that can that can turn out 
goals or assists or, or excellent, ex- super defensive play with first-round picks. And Ryan Reeves, again, great player. Love to have him on the team. I said this last week, one of the best fourth-liners in the league, in my opinion. But you get a chance to take a first-round pick for him, you take that every day of the week. Austin is, was the number one-rated European skater in the draft. The number one. And right. we got him in the 31st pick. We did because of his shoulder injury. That, that's a win. And the fact he played in the KHL, with, uh, which turns out his team folded. So it was quite easy for him to come over here, but uh, easier than usual for players. But uh, the shoulder injury and the KHL thing uh, scared some teams off. So he fell. And when he was available, and we talked about this a lot, that now, and we made that move, I'm like, oh. We traded that pick to we traded Reeves away to get that pick to get cost and they did and it was fantastic. And and, and for for Kimball to come out and say that about you, know, you don't know what kind of player Costin is. No, I don't, but I I know what everyone. Hey, I, I got breaking news. What's that? The the Golden Knights they did it. They knocked off Chicago four to two. Oh my God, that team is insane. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, that's that. I, I I'm I don't gonna go. Care. They beat Chicago. I know that's fantastic. I I mean, and we got a point out of them. Yay! But uh, so. I'll say, I, before the season started, I think I don't think I was off base. To where, I mean, a lot of people were saying that they were going to be better than most expansion teams, but I, I was not on board with them really at all. Um, it's, I, and I'm so far dead wrong about that. So they've been, they've been good, um, even without uh, Flurry and Net too lately. So I, it's, I mean, they're looking. I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy. You know, when they did their, when they did their draft. Um, and you look at some of the players they took, they didn't take a lot of times in those drafts, you're getting fourth line, third and fourth line players. They got some, some of the third line players they got were second line players. Some of the, you know, they got some really talented players that were still in there, not maybe not in their prime, but not that far out of it. They're not a bad team. And I got to tell you, when I was there and I watched them play, uh, they had some decent speed and they, they, where then this is I, I put this on Twitter and one of you guys liked it. Uh, I talked about our neutral zone play. I cannot stand, and this has been up through the hitch errors, how we play in the neutral zone. We sit back in the neutral zone, other teams know it, they hit the blue line, their defensemen lay back a little bit. When we dump it, they're already there. We're not fast enough or we don't try and get the stretch pass through the zone enough. And a prime example of that was uh, Allen's pass. Look at that stretch pass. Look what that led to. If we went for that a little more, let's get some speed. It's going to push teams back off the blue line. They the, the Vegas Knights have not lost to a Western Conference team. Their only loss came to the Red Wings. Yeah, and uh, but uh, now in everyone else, and, and, oh, let's put this in perspective a little bit. Um, they've played their last seven games at home. So yeah, I mean uh, that helps. They, it does help a little bit, but the, I mean, it doesn't take a fact away from the fact that they've, I'm talking about six games at home. Uh, they do have one more home game uh, to make their seventh in a row, which is against Colorado on Friday. And then they go on the road for a little bit. So um, we'll see, I mean, how they, they're beating some good teams uh, at home. So kind of, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, they have had Colorado and uh, we talked about Chicago taking a step back this year, um, but they're still very good. Um, Detroit is not very good. Uh, Phoenix, uh, Boston, Buffalo. So they I mean, you know, Dallas has not uh, Phoenix twice actually. So that was a home and home. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, three two days of, you know, in between though. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, we'll see. I, I've said this before. We'll see, we'll see how they are at the 25-game mark. And uh, if they're still yeah. it up, then it's like, okay. Even if they're at 500 at that point, I'm considering that a win for them. I mean, that's this is an oh, yeah. amazing start. I would have thought 500 at the end of the season would have been fantastic for them. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're playing really well so far, so kudos to them. Uh, they've done what they've had to do, and they've played well. So uh, on to some more social media fails. Uh, these come from uh, – I'll, I'll take the first one here, Kurt. You can take the second. Uh, these come from the Blues uh, Facebook. It's, so the official Blues Facebook, uh, they always tweet or message out their uh, roster moves and any news going on. Uh, so they had announced that uh, they had assigned Ivan Barbashev and Sammy Blade to the AHL. We'll go with first names here. Walt, uh, I'm pretty sure this guy's serious because he's not the first one I've seen say this. Now pick Cracknell off waivers. Uh, you know, when we had that, uh, what was that line called? The CPR line, yeah. the fourth line. I like that line just as much as everyone else did. But uh, when they let Cracknell go and then let Porter go, people started losing it. And it's just, yeah, they're good, but they're a fourth line. They're a fourth line energy line that you're not going to shell out there 82 games a season. Get off it, people. <laughs> uh, next one also from uh, a blue Hey, case. Can I interject something there real quick? I'm sorry, if you don't <laughs> mind. So I talked, I sent that tweet earlier about, you know, Blues fans wanting us to be 82 and 0. Uh, this is like with the Beret, uh, not Beret, um, Yager. Everyone, Yager was open. Everybody, uh, sign Yager, sign Yager, sign Yager. Where is he at now? He's injured. Yager was never the answer. Yeah. He, he would never fit this team at all. We talked about that, and uh, I was I – I think we were in unison not, at not wanting Yager whatsoever at, at what he wanted. I mean, if he was going to come here for, yeah. you know, what, 800K or a million? Okay, whatever. But no, not, not what he was wanting. I would have taken him for the nostalgia as a 13th forward. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, but he wouldn't want that. He wouldn't come but, for that. No. Yeah, he, he wasn't – no matter what, if he came for the league minimum to play on the fourth line just to be there, I wouldn't want him. I don't think that the chemistry would have been there. I don't think that there's any way. I think that his superstar status might have taken a little away from Tarashenko. Uh, I think Tarashenko is going to be wearing the C in a couple of years. Um, not that Petrangelo, I want to see Petrangelo go, but if it happens, it happens. Uh, I think Tarashenko's got that whole esque about him. He, he's good on social media. He's good with the fans. And he's the guy that's going to take this team where it needs to go. Uh, you want to go ahead and take this one? Go ahead. The one from uh -oh, trouble. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's it, we're talking about the 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 face the social social media fails. Yeah. Uh, so in the same okay. in the same uh post, uh, the Barbashev and Blade at the AHL, we have yeah, Matt posts. Uh, here's a novel idea get your own minor league team. <laughs> Organization has been run by idiots for 50 years. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – yeah, they have their own minor league team. It's coming next season. Uh, 31 NHL teams, 30 AHL teams. Someone was going to be the odd team out. The Blues' contract was up with the Wolves. It just made sense. It's going to happen 
to one team. It just happened to be the Blues. Yeah, like it's our fault. Get your own minor league team. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. You know, I get it. They got a team coming next year. They'll, they'll take over San Antonio and everything will be fine and we'll forget about this little issue. We have a minor league team. It's a minor league team. So, so since I'm, I'm new to this, I'm wondering if you guys have killed any of my social media posts. Nope. I believe so. <laughs> I, would remember, I would remember your name. You don't need to worry. Yeah. And we, we do this all in fun. You know, we, we, we actually hope no, these no, no. people – We hope these people listen to our show, and we want them yeah. to know that we're, we're joking around. We'd love them to come on and talk about what they posted. So uh, we're more than happy to, to have you on if you want to. So we've got uh, one more. It's another Facebook post from the Blues. Uh, the Blues have recalled Bo Bennett from the Chicago Wolves. And Regina, or Regina, if she were a town in Canada, uh, she responds with, why not Bennington? <laughs> why would the Blues call up a third goalie? Why not, why not Bennington? Why, not? why Bennington is the question. I, I don't I, I don't even know why if we needed a goalie why we call up Bennington. It's just such a weird. I can see if you're a big Bennington fan for a reason posting it on their Facebook page, not on a post, but on a post about a forward being calling up. Why are you posting about a goalie being called up? And when and, the goalies are fine, and and not even the goalie that would get called up if there was an <laughs> issue. It's, why, I, I mean, at least say why not Huso, right? I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, that that I don't I don't know. That just doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, Regina, if like <laughs> come in and explain yourself, I would love to hear uh, uh, what the reasoning there was behind why not Bennington. <laughs> I feel like that should be a hashtag. Hashtag why not Bennington? <laughs> not Bennington. <laughs> After every move that's made, why not Bennington? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Let's make it happen. All right. I'm going to start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, our next show uh, might be uh, next week on Tuesday since there is a game on Wednesday, um, which will be the night. Uh, Wednesday's game is against the – who is it against? Flyers? Uh, uh, Flyers, right. Flyers. Yeah. So uh, we may have a show on Tuesday evening, 9 o'clock, uh, once we work that out. So – expect that possibly uh yeah that'll be a good one um actually uh wait wednesday oh, wednesday's the game yeah it was thursday's the game there's a game wednesday thursday the second i'm sorry i'm sorry against the flyers so we might be playing we might have our next show wednesday the first you're right this is this is a note from uh the wrong uh yeah this is last last week's and that's the wednesday show. possible start from mr brian elliott uh in st louis so that should be interesting we got a few. Do we see Yori Laterra? <laughs> I hope so. Oh my God. In the press box. Does, I want, I want does, him does he get a video? No. Come on. Oh, should Rock. he or will he? Uh, he should not. No, he should but not. I think he might. That is the trend oh. in the NHL now. No. He'll, he'll so get many, I can't think of any of the top of my head. But so play. many players have gotten those tribute videos that they don't may, deserve them. They may get the they may put the camera on him while they're a commercial break, and he might get a smattering of applause. That's about I mean, I I'm okay, I know what you're saying. And if they do, that'll be one of the worst video tributes. Oh, what are they gonna I, do? He hasn't didn't do anything. 
uh, passes to Tarasenko far behind him. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I'm, I got to admit, um, I wasn't a fan of that trade at first. Really? And I know this is going to sound bad. Hold on. Give me, give me. I, I thought Laterra under Yo might be, but might have been a little better and might have gotten some better timing with this with Tarasenko. Uh, I thought Yo was trying to open the game up a little more. I thought uh, Hitchcock's defensive mind was holding him back. I didn't know Shen. I didn't know who Shen was or, or have enough knowledge of his play because I really, I mean, I follow the game, but I can't follow it as closely as you guys do, unfortunately. And, and I was worried about it. I'll admit, 100%, I was wrong. It was I, a great I'll, trade. I'll say, I'll say this about it. Um, at the time, I, uh, I mean, I loved it now. I loved it then. But uh, with, with me, with um, Laterra, I, don't, I didn't see a change in coaching philosophies uh, helping his game because uh, the problems with his game, I didn't think it had anything to do with his system. It had everything to do with uh, he was slow. He was he was bullied off the puck way too easy he you put a body on him he crumpled he he lost the puck um if you gave i always said this if you gave him wide open ice he was fine but if 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 you if you put a body on him um he coughed it up yeah and he was too slow and his shot wasn't anything uh to write home about uh he could pass pretty well um but he wasn't even a fantastic passer either he had some decent chemistry with Tarasenko for a while, but even that kind of faded. So um, I personally, I'm not sure exactly what a change in coaching style would have done to help those issues, but I guess anything's possible to make it. Well, like I said, I admit I'm 100% wrong. Well, I, I'm, I'm happy that uh, it has worked out the way it has. Me too. And I, honestly, I, I actually hope Laterra does get planning time in floor in, um, sorry, Philly. And, uh, has a decent season and a, a decent NHL career, but uh, he can't even work his way in the lineup yeah. most nights. Healthy scratch of the first so many games of the season. Yeah. That's telling. For a team he, honestly, he's a, he's a good guy and, and on the right, in the right system, maybe. Yeah. Like, uh, like I said, maybe he can pull it together, but uh, maybe he gets freed up. Maybe if he, I mean, in a decent system, a system that may caters to his abilities and if he gets good matchups and the system they play allows him the space to do something, maybe it would work. Uh, but I can't even even if it did work, I can't seeing the results he would get uh, that get from that would be enough to offset, you know, idea, uh, what we got from Shen. I agree. The we have some tweets, um, uh, a number of them actually, which we can kind of go over real quick because you know, why the hell not? This show is long enough for, as it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're gonna go until two a.m., folks. Yes, two a.m. Uh, we're gonna. By the time we're off the air, the next show will be ready to go. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Phil's already waking up for work at this point. Know, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, mostly blues. Mostly STL blues uh, tweeted out earlier today. Uh, power play and penalty kill. What changes since last year are causing drop in quality, and what can we do to fix it? Can it improve without getting more veterans back? I know. Well, to be honest, I, I, I mean, Yo's never had a good history of uh, power play, special teams. If correct me if I'm wrong, but he, to be honest, I, I don't. I think that it just comes down to getting the puck of the net. I don't. I don't on the power play anyway. Um, too, well, many passes, too many passes. And, I got to tell you. Sorry. Good. 
I, I shouldn't have. I spoke up. I apologize. Last night's game or, or Sunday's game, Saturday night's game, the power play was disgusting. It yeah. was never set up. It didn't feel like they were they were ready to do it. Uh, the couple of shots they got weren't premium shots. I didn't see one time of the four power plays we were on where we did anything that said that we own that power play. And guy, so kind some, of, I mean, you kind of alluded to this earlier. I thought you mentioned the the dump ins and the neutral zone play. I feel like if you watch the Blackhawks, um, uh, you know, not to say the Blackhawks are great, the Blackhawks are grand, but if you watch them, uh, there's more. Invited me on. There's more carries into the zone, and. Uh, the Blues don't do it. They they shoot it in, which is fine. But if you have the speed to get in there and get that loose puck, then okay. But as as a guy alluded to earlier, the defensemen know the Blues don't have that speed, so they're going behind the net and then dumping it out first chance they get, or, or hitting a forward on the fly and causing an odd man rush shorthanded. Uh, the Blues need to to break that up. And, and Kurt, to your point, I believe that you're correct that Yo's power plays have never been great. Um, I think his best stretch was when the Wild made that crazy run uh, that year uh, with Dubnik after they got him, and their power play was all of a sudden clicking. And I also think part of it, too, is it's early in the season, and I hate to use that excuse, but these kind of things work themselves out. Right now, the power play and the penalty kill is uh, – post. what's the word I'm looking for? Posterizing? That's not the right word. It's late. I don't even know if that's a word. It's not a word. I'm making up words here at uh, Let's Go Blues Radio. No, it's it's um, it, you're noticing it more because it's the start of the season, and we're looking at the numbers, and they're 29th in the league, whatever they are, and it's more noticeable. But you know, if a team has a great power play for two months, and then in December they hit this crazy slump, you notice it, but not as much. So I think that if they can just doing what they're doing, uh, you know, work out the, the, the puck control a little better, they'll correct the ship, and we won't be talking about this in three months. I agree. I think, I think uh, that, again, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like the Vegas Knights. They're, they're are, they are where they are now, uh, which has been fantastic uh, for them, but it is still pretty early in the season. So it's not that you can't be writing the playoff ticket for them, but you know, that, this, things will tend to even out for them a little bit. You think they come down to earth a little bit, maybe. Um, are you washing dishes, guy, or is that what's going on? Or? No, no, no. My, my, my wife's here. She's taking some stuff out of a bag. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm trying to keep my <laughs> hand over the mic. That's all right. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, polarizing was the word I was looking polarizing. for. Polarizing, yeah. <laughs> so I think I, I, I'm not – I'm not concerned about the power play and the penalty kill yet just because it's, I mean, it's a small sample size, which I hate. I mean, I hate that term, but sometimes it does apply. So, I mean, it's, we'll, we'll see how it is in a little while. And, and yo has said, he's going to address it. Um, we need to get it fixed. Obviously. I mean, what, what else you going to say? But, uh, the coaching That's staff, fine. It'll be all right. Yeah. The, the coaching staff is different than last year too. I mean, the, so when it, yeah. we're different guys, different, different, uh, philosophies. So, um, to be honest, yeah, but it, it does. What scares me is the fact that four power plays and not one of those power plays were there of all that time that they set something up. They didn't, there weren't a lot of passes. There weren't that, that umbrella type set or, or, or movement of the puck. They never got set in four power plays. 
That's what's scary to me. And that needs to be addressed. Uh, Deanna tweeted out, Sour loofahs are supposed to be replaced every 30 days. How often do you change yours? <laughs> uh, I don't use a loof. You don't? I do. I'm quite aloof with my loof. It's actually a man tool that I use. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a man tool. Uh, no, grooming. A uh, grooming tool or a shower tool? That's what it's called, a shower tool. Well, I could get into a nice joke here about a shower tool, but let's uh, let's keep this PG rated. Uh, so I, 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 so being a user of this tool, hearing that you should replace them every thirty days uh, kind of comes to a shock to me because I think mine's going on about four years. <laughs> oh, so you were serious with your? I'm quite serious. I didn't want with the, It's 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 a it's it's sold as a man's thing. It's, I didn't buy a female product. It's marketed towards men. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I use a washcloth, and uh, sometimes when I'm really tired, I just lather up with my hands. I've done that on many occasions. Which yeah. Like, like eh. tonight, I'm going to shower before bed. I guarantee I'll just put it in my hands, rub it in, rinse it off, go to bed. Don't feel like washing the feet, the soap running down, or run over the feet. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's all you need. <laughs> step around in it. Eh, it's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't washed my feet in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Okay, eight years. All right, you probably washed your feet. Uh, I've, you know, I've probably, yeah, you probably washed your feet more recently than I've last changed my shower tool. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, I, I wash my feet after hockey. I figure I play two to three times a week, so that's when I wash my feet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, did you see what the at STL Blue sister tweeted out with the uh, the Brett Hole standee? Did you see? I did. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I have the magazines. The uh, guy, do you? Uh, you said you uh, grew up in St. Louis. Were you around for the uh, the Brett Hall McDonald's magazines, comic books? No, I missed those. Um, I, I left in '87. Uh, okay, yeah, that was probably what '91. I think Jenny was in that comic with him, so that was probably what '91, '92-ish. <laughs> I've got all three of them. Uh, got them framed. Yeah, I need to frame mine. I've I've got mine. I'm looking at them right now, and uh, yeah, I, I want to get them framed. I need to do that. Mine are mine are in the original plastic, unopened. Oh, nice. They were they were I didn't. I mean, I had. I op- I read mine. These were given to me later, so I didn't open them. Yeah, I must have read those things ten times when I was a kid. Yep. So Facing cool. off against the robots. So cool. Yep. Him winning the game-winning goal. Oh, that was great stuff. All right. Um, that, that uh, I think that, that does it for the tweets. Can can I throw a question out to you guys if you don't mind? Sure. So, um, what do you do? You think Oates is ever going to get his number retired, or do you think he deserves to have his number retired by the Blues? I'm, yeah, I I'm going to say this. Um, Oates is my favorite player of all time. I I I wear number twelve when I play hockey because of him. Um, and I when I was a kid, I styled my play after after how he played, but I wish he would, to be honest. I mean, he wasn't here that long, which is the only reason why it's not retired. Um, he was here for two and a half seasons. I think it was. So that's not that long to have your number retired, but his body of work here will yeah. be matched. Uh, he, he's, I mean, he was, he was second to Gretzky in the NHL uh, in assists uh, when he was here. So, um, well, to, to helped, use Jeff's helped. word, he was polarizing. <laughs> he helped make Hall who he was in that eighty-six goal, in that seventy-two and eighty-six goal season. So, 
um, that he had back to I back. think I think there's a better chance of Demetra getting his number retired, but uh, I can see Demetra getting his honored. Yeah, yeah, I think honored is is, is more for Demetra. But, but, but I'll tell you what, this time so that that there's the wait for that too. The um, I tell you how much of a, a Hull fan I am. I still have a copy of Brett Hull '95 for the PC. <laughs> Me too. Right, yeah. I still have my copy of that. I haven't tried to see if it still works, but I have it. It might have been the worst hockey game ever released, but I have it, and I love it to death. Jeff, I, I, I know for a fact that you have this. I have it. I know for a fact you have it. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it. You haven't told me you have it, but I know you have it. Pronger's EA Sports 2000 game. Oh, of course. Yeah, there you go. I'm, again, I'm looking at it right now. It's right across the room from me. I have it too. <laughs> also, the, uh, the NHL Hits game that he was on the cover of. I have I that as well. Cool stuff. I, yep. got a, I, my, I, got, I haven't unpacked all my blues memorabilia yet from when I moved. So I got to do that. Yeah, me neither. I still got a lot of my stuff in boxes. The, the stuff behind me on the wall is really much what you see. That's yeah. what I have up on the walls right now. A few other things over there. Um, I, th- I think that about does it for the show. <laughs> Pretty long show. The, this is a three-hour show. Are you shitting We're me? We're coming up on three hours. I think we started oh, around 9.15. Oh, my God. This is the longest show we've ever done. Okay. No wonder Bill left. Oh, my oh God. man. Now I'm in trouble, right, guys? <laughs> this, is, this show is going into tomorrow. It's 12.02. Yep. That's right. Holy Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, do... Uh, do not forget to check out the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Uh, when, uh, if you have the opportunity, I know, uh, Guy, you're going to do that when you get back in town. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Um, so for Bill Day and really quick, really yeah. quick, yes, Guy, go ahead and tell if anyone's interested. Uh, go ahead and tell people can connect with you on social media. Oh, okay. Um, my Twitter is at Hawaii Blues Fan. Um, I only got 51 followers. I want it to kind of build up. There's a, I know of about seven or eight fans here in Hawaii. We try, we're trying to get together, get more connected. Uh, please follow me. I tweet about the games when I can. Sometimes I got to work during the games because I have a second job in the afternoons, but I tweet what I can. Uh, huge Blues fan. I doubt anybody's going to, I doubt people I know I'm going to send it to them, but I'd like to say a shout out to my mom and dad in Maryland Heights. Uh, my sister Amanda and her husband and my uh, niece that has Dow Syndrome, Ari, they took her to her first Blues game last year, which was the home opener. Nice. Um, and to Christy Semph, whose husband Eric passed away two years ago. Uh, she's our, our last year, great friend, big Blues fan. Um, and I want to thank you guys for having me on for this hour and a half. You've had me on almost two hours. And if you'll let me on again, I'll gladly jump on when I can. Yeah, sure. We uh, like uh, like tonight. We open up the show. Uh, uh, usually, as we're done uh, with the meat of the show, and we'll uh, we'll take some uh, folks who want to talk uh, hockey and uh, chat it up. So, no problem. Hey, you're always welcome. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Thank you, guys. It was a thrill for me tonight. Thank you. Thank awesome. Uh, and uh, so uh, for Bill Day and uh, Jeff Bonder. Oh, sorry, I forgot one of my sisters. I'm gonna get shot. A shout out to Dawn and her husband. Sorry. <laughs> you're good. Dawn and her husband appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, for Bill Day and Jeff Ponder, I'm Kurt Price. Uh, also, uh, again, thanks, uh, Kai, for coming on. Uh, that will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go blues.
Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.